0: Here I turned 12, the age where you transfer from boy to man. It's the little things that you remember all your life. First hit, your first kiss, the first time your dad lets you know that he sees you. <laughs> well, I still hadn't had the other
1: two, but boy, did that third one feel good. Well, just stand up and walk out on Happy Wonder Wednesday, everybody. Angela Bowen here, the host ...of Looking Back on My Wonder Years, a Wonder Years podcast. Well, today I'm continuing my coverage of Season 1 of the 2021 Wonder Years show. And I am talking about Season 1, Episode 11, Brad Mitzvah. This episode aired January 12, 2022. In this episode, Brad works through his nerves preparing for his Bar Mitzvah speech. Dean ends his friendship with Kisa when Charlene tells him he can't be friends with other girls. I do not like this. This is really making me not like Charlene now. Alright, this episode's got a 7.6 out of 10 based on 46 ratings. Let's see if we got, we got a handful of people here. We got, let's see. Let's see here. We got, returning, we got Charlene. We got Hampton. We got Norman. We have future Karen. Oh, good golly. We have uh, a rabbi. We have great Aunt Ruth and Uncle Morty. So this is going to be Brad's aunt and uncle. We have a character named Billy, played by Jacob Moran. This episode, of course, directed by Fred Savage, a.k.a. Kevin Arnold from the OG Wonder Years. It ran from 88, 1988 to 1993. Writers Saladin K. Patterson, uh, Neil Marlins and Carol Black, of course, giving credit to them from the original Wonder Years series. Uh, you, Galena, M. Beria, Alan, Diovera, Danny, Batista, and uh, see I'm more than likely I'm not pronouncing these names right and I feel horrible but and I say that every time <laughs> all right there is no trivia for this episode and I don't believe that there are any user reviews for this episode either so of course being this episode is you know I don't watch it ahead of time you guys know that I watch the episode and I I covered as I'm watching it. Of course, the episode from season 2 of the original Wonder Years, Birthday Boy. I'm going to be playing some fun comparisons with Paul making his Bar Mitzvah. So, I think this is going to be a fun episode. We get to focus a little on Brad, maybe even hopefully meet Brad's parents. That would be nice. I mean, maybe we're just meeting the aunt and uncle, I don't know. But we'll see, we'll see. All right. so if you are looking where to find the Wonder Years Podcast on social media, it has its own Facebook page, Looking Back at My Wonder Years, A Wonder Years Podcast. We also have an Instagram for it, LBOM, Wonder Years Podcast. Actually, I think I just renamed it The Wonder Years Podcast to make it simple. Um, Also... The best place if you want to listen to all six seasons that I covered of the original Wonder Years, SoundCloud is going to be your best bet, because for whatever reason, iTunes only keeps so many episodes, and I've done other shows, you know, um, Full House I've been covering on the Looking Back at My Wonder Years channel, episodes of Small Wonder, which I actually am halfway through season two, I'll be finishing that up this year. Uh, I've done episodes of Mr. Belvedere, episodes of ALF, just, um, and some other shows, uh, the first seven episodes of season one of Everwood, the first four or five episodes of the show American Dreams, which I would love to get back into that show, probably once I'm done with the, um, Full House podcast, which probably isn't gonna be for at least another two years, cause I am gonna also cover the, uh, You know, I do episodes of Fuller House as well when they fall into my different uh, themes and stuff. And also for cast members' birthdays, I do episodes there too. So, also, if you want to email the podcast and tell me about what you like or maybe don't like about the new Wonder Years show. Or if you want to, you know, talk about the original Wonder Years You can send me an email at lbomwonderyearspodcast at gmail.com. If you've been a fan for a while of the podcast and you're looking to support the podcast, you can go to iTunes, leave a review. All five-star reviews do help the podcast get noticed by other Wonder Years, OG Wonder Years fans and new Wonder Years fans like yourself. So, all right, without further ado, let's jump into Brad Mitzvah. So we have the cold open here. Dean is sitting in class, and he's, like, leaning back, like he's bracing with his eyes are just big with fear. And adult adult Dean comes on and narrates and says, when you're 12, what makes you unique makes you stand out. Because his hair, he's got, you know, his little fro, but he's got a part in it. And then adult Dean comes on and says... You know, Gary Coleman hadn't come around, you know, we're all familiar with the show Different Strokes, and how Gary Coleman had the the fro, but he had the little uh, side part there. So, a bunch of white kid, you know, his classmates, are, like, standing in front of him, and this one girl in particular is just like, oh, can I touch it? Like, why do you want to touch his hair, girl? What's your deal? Oh. And Dean says, yeah, that's the last thing you want to do in junior high is stand out. Yeah, you want to blend in. Yeah, there's like eight white girls. And the one in the front has the gall to ask, can I touch it? Like, what? Girl, go away. And Dean, adult Dean, tells us that Gary Coleman hasn't made the Afro part common yet. Well, that's because different strokes came out in 78, so it wouldn't be out for at least another decade. Although, wait a minute, if this is the new year, then it would be 1969. It's no longer 1968. It was in the last episode, Lads and Ladies and Us, that lady of, uh, of head of the committee of Lads and Lady and ladies and us, Dorothy had mentioned that gala being in the spring so yeah Dean is rolling his eyes so hard so yeah he does say that he is one of only three black kids in the school and Brad sticks out for for a white kid he definitely he definitely stands out I guess being the awkward Jewish kid, I don't, I don't know. And, yeah, Dean tells us how even though Brad looked white, he stood out as well. Like, people looked at him differently. So, yeah, this kid's like, hey, Brad, here's a penny. And he flicks a penny at Brad, which lands on the floor. And he says, hey, you gonna pick it up? Or yes, he hey, you gonna pick it up? And... Dean says how then, you know, he didn't understand the complexity and the hate behind that joke. And Dean tells us, you know, he just knew that they were targeting Brad because he was Jewish. Now, if we look at the birthday boy episode with Paul in school and everything, it's all pretty much leading up to his ceremony. You know, he and Kevin share... Their birthdays are only a few days apart and everything. And it turns out the day that Paul is supposed to make a ceremony lands on Kevin's birthday. And the the only backlash, really, that Paul gets is on the ride home from school with Wayne and his friend Steve. They're trying to figure out, like, what's this bar mitzvah thing. And Paul explains to them... It's a ceremony when you become a man. And they just laugh their asses off. Like, oh, Pfeiffer, a man? (laughs) Yeah, right. And then Wayne says, you don't become a man until you lose your virginity. So I guess you guys are going to be little boys until you're 45. Anyway, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But no, it's just, I don't think in all of the show's run, that really was the only episode that really talked about Paul being Jewish. It really, it's not really mentioned really so much after that. It's not really a focal point. Yeah, Corey and Brad just turn around and walk away. And Dean tells us, you know, Brad's just doing what everyone, every other kid here is basically just trying to survive junior high. Dean goes, and of course he picks up the penny. And an adult dean says, I know what you're looking at, but a penny's still a penny. It's like, yes, it is. Yep. Isn't it? How's it going? Like, if it lands and it's heads up, that means it's good luck. There's um, a character in Greece. She had that saying about find a penny, pick it up all day long, you'll have good luck.
0: When you're 12 years old, anything that makes you unique makes you stand out. And that's the last thing you want to do in junior high. Can I touch it? Gary Coleman hadn't made the Afro Party a common sight yet. <laughs> While being one of only three black kids in my class was a more obvious difference, it wasn't so obvious to me how my friend Brad stood out. Hey, Brad. Even though he looked white, people saw him differently, too. There's a penny. You gonna pick it up? At 12, I didn't understand the complexity and hate behind the joke. I just knew they were targeting Brad because he was Jewish. And Brad was just doing what we were all doing, trying to survive junior high. I know what you're looking at. A penny's a
1: penny. So it looks like, is school letting out for the day? Because the boys get out of class, they're in the hallway, and Dean's like, hey, we should go to the comic book store and see if they have the new uh, Daredevil comic out yet. And Corey's down with that, like, yeah, hey, Brad, you coming? And Brad says, I can't, I gotta go to Hebrew school. Here's another thing we never got to explore with Paul. going. If he, We don't even know if he went to Hebrew school. But I like that we get to explore this dynamic with Brad. So Dean's like, well, wait, I thought you only went to Hebrew school on Sundays. And Brad says, well, I do normally, but with my bar mitzvah coming up, I'm going every single day after school. And I made a thing about having to go to Sunday school after church on Sunday. The only day I ever got to sleep in was on Saturday. And by sleeping I mean I was up before 9 a.m. Yeah, because I'd I'd get up at 7 something, because church started at 8. You know, that of a Catholic Catholic child. And then after church, which went out at 9... I would then go to Sunday school, which is, you know, the school next to the church, that usually, I think it started, I think it started, like, 9.30, 9.45, and then it went to, like, quarter to 11, so it was, like, an hour or so, and it just, it really stunk because, well, I mean, it would only last, I think, from the fall until, like, maybe April, so basically a whole school year. Um, but the thing is, you know, once that was done, that was not because that way I could go to the farm, you know, grandpa and grandma's after church because they would have breakfast. And sometimes I remember my dad would bring me, you know, he would go and then he would come and pick me up and then he'd have like some bacon for me from the breakfast and a little zip, Ziploc bag for me. (laughs) I swear one time, I think my dad forgot to pick me up. And I had to actually call him because he had went home and fell asleep. And I had to call him to come and get me. Dean can't believe it. he's like, wow, every day? And Brad says he has to learn to sing his... Yeah, Brad says he has to learn to sing his Bar Mitzvah Parsha. And he also has to write a speech about it oh my goodness yeah we just saw paul uh recite read. is it reading the torah is that what it is yeah we just saw him him do that like but i think it was a song he was he was singing dad says that it's not about the it's not about a cool part either about locusts or boils he says it's about the father giving advice to his son on his deathbed. Oh my goodness. Is that, does that sound depressing? Yeah, Brad was miserable. Oh, it's about the father giving advice to his sons on his deathbed. Oh my goodness. And Corey says, oh yeah, that's from the Torah, right? And Dean tells Corey, like, stop bragging because you know one Jewish thing. And Brad's like, basically, picture this singing a song in a language you barely know in front of people you barely know. That would be awkward, very much. Because you know they're going to be judging you. Like, it doesn't sound like you spent every day after school studying like you should have. Cory says, yeah, all this just to turn 13 and dance the horror. And it's like, okay, fine, Corey knows two Jewish things. Okay, here we go. So this is where Brett says, it's more than that. It's this whole becoming a man thing or whatever. So he doesn't think much of it. Like, it's just, this is a big responsibility to put on the shoulders of a boy that is turning 13. Corey says, hey, my pop says that you become a man when you start paying electric bills. Okay. <laughs> Dean says his auntie tell, told him that he be- you become a man when you learn how to please a woman. That is can be taken on so many levels. So, yeah, Dean tells us, like, oh, maybe I didn't know much about becoming a man, but I did know one thing. And Dean says, don't worry, Brad, I'll help you. I'm thinking, you don't know the language either, buddy. I mean, you can offer moral support. You'll be there, you know, emotional support. You're going to help quiz him on a language he barely knows and you don't know anything. Well, whatever. Dean's there for emotional support. We'll say that. And I love how Brad looks at Dean and just raises an eyebrow, like, really. And Dean says, hey, well, with the speech part, I mean, I did get an A on my oral report for Animal Farm. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I'm just thinking, okay, (laughs) about that book, Animal Farm. I believe, what was, was it my junior year of high school English class? We read that dumb book. I, I'm, I didn't care for it. But I remember, like, I guess there was a movie about it, so the teacher brought the movie in and she played it, and I swear like, after a half hour or less, she looks at all of us and says, hey, do you want me to turn this off? We're all like, yeah. The movie sucked. It was... I mean, don't get me wrong, I love a good talking animal movie. Homeward Bound... Um, oh, they're talking animal, But not Animal Farm Is the worst of the worst Just horrible And Brad is surprised Like, really? You'll help me? I, was, I love Dean, he's so supportive He's like, of course I'll help you And Brad says, alright, great So I that way I can just focus on the best part Of the bar mitzvah Yeah, Brad says, not gonna focus on the best part Of having a bar mitzvah Throwing a party And then Dean and Corey are like, wow, a party? Are we invited? And Brett says, of course. I mean, my mom said I can invite anyone I want. Dean asks, can I invite Charlene too? And uh, adult Dean says, you know, he and Charlene had been dating for a full month. That is a long time in teenage (laughs) and middle school years. I can imagine. And adult Dean also adds that, yeah, he and Charlene had been dating for a month. And they'd already run out of things to do. Really? Really? Then we flash to Dean falling asleep on the couch. I guess he fell asleep while he was talking to Charlene. Because Charlene's like, Dean! Dean! And Dean says, it would really help me out if you invited Charlene. Says, a bar mitzvah party is the exact type of place for her and I to reignite our passion. This relationship just... I think that Charlene is more into it than Dean really is, honestly. And, yeah, Dean says, I still didn't really know what a bar mitzvah thing was. So, Brad says, oh, I was hoping you'd invite Kim instead. Who's Kim? Who's Kim? Is she someone that Brad has a crush on? Oh, Kim! Oh, that's right! Duh! Kim, Dean's older sister that Brad clearly has a crush on? It's never gonna happen, man. So, <laughs> Dean says, okay, if you let me invite Charlene, I'll see if I can get Kim to come along. too." What? Mm, I can't see her. What is Dean going to have to offer his sister to get her to come to a 13-year-old boy's bar mitzvah party? And Dean tells Brad as they shake on it, now get to Hebrew school and Torah it up. <laughs> Dean says, we have a party to prep for.
2: I'm gonna the comic book store after to school tomorrow and see if they have the new Daredevil yet.
3: For sure. Brad, right,
2: you coming? I can't I gotta go to Hebrew school? I thought you only went to Hebrew school on Sundays. I do, but with my bar mitzvah coming up, they're making me go every single day after school, too. Really? Every day? Yeah, well, I gotta learn to sing my bar mitzvah Parsha, and then write a whole speech about it. And it's not one of those cool portions about locusts or boils either. It's just the father giving advice to his sons on his deathbed.
3: Yeah. And all that's from the tour, right?
2: Stop bragging because you know one Jewish thing. Imagine singing something in a language you barely know in front of people you barely know. Sounds brutal.
4: Well, oh, this is just to turn 13 and dance the horror, huh? Fine.
2: Two Jewish things. It's more than that, though. It's a whole becoming a man thing or whatever.
0: Huh.
4: My pop said you become a man when you start paying for the electric bills.
0: My auntie told me i become a man when I learned to please a woman. Okay, maybe I didn't know anything about becoming a man, but I did know one thing.
2: Don't worry, Brad. I'll help you. Well, with the speech part, you know I got an A on my oral book report for Animal Farm. Really? You'll help me? I got you. Thanks. Now I can focus on the best part of having a bar mitzvah: throwing the party.
4: Wait,
0: there's a party?
2: Are we invited? Of course. My mom says I can invite anyone I want. Can I invite Charlene too?
0: Me and Charlene have been dating for a month, and we'd already run out of things to do. <laughs>
2: It would really help me out if you invite Charlene. A bar mitzvah is the exact kind of party we need to reignite our passion.
0: I still really didn't know what a bar mitzvah actually was.
2: I was hoping maybe you could invite Kim instead. (laughs) Well, maybe if you let me invite Charlene, there could be a way I can get Kim to come too. Deal? Deal. Now get to Hebrew school and Torah it up. We have a party to prep for.
1: And that was the cold open. Let's look at Paul explaining his bar mitzvah party to Kevin and Wayne and Wayne's friend Steve on the bus ride home.
2: So what the hell's a bar mitzvah anyways? The ceremony when you become a man, stupid. A man? Fiverr? <laughs> It's got to be the funniest thing I've heard all day. Steve, are you hearing this? Pfeiffer's about to become a man. What's so funny about that? You're not a man until you lose your virginity. That's right. So I'd say you guys are little boys until you're at least 45. Oh, I think that's optimistic. Well, I mean, if you're actually talking about having sex with another
1: person... Oh,
2: shut up, Wayne. You're just jealous. Yeah, you're just jealous.
1: Jealous? Why? Because you get to wear one of those little beanies on your head? It's called a yarmulke.
2: And for your information, it happens to be a very big deal. I get to stand up in front of all my friends and my whole family and say prayers and make this big speech and stuff. A speech? A speech? But now I'm jealous. Now I'm jealous. And then we have this huge party.
3: Oh, I've heard of those biker parties. Very hot. Catered very for all you
2: hot. can eat and drink. Mm. And hundreds of guests. And all the girls I want to invite. Make sure you keep them on a leash now. And a band.
3: A live band?
2: And tons of presents. Well, if you figure a hundred people, and they each bring one. You're really going to get a hundred presents? Yeah, of course. And that's not including the money. Like how much money? It's no set amount, but I'd say maybe a thousand bucks.
5: Did he say a thousand bucks? You gotta be crazy. I'm not going
1: to pay that. All right, so we come out of the intro. We're in the kitchen, and Lillian is telling Dean, you better not be spoiling your appetite. And Dean's like, oh, don't worry, I'm not. And then he brings up the fact that he's been invited to invited to Brad's bar mitzvah. He gets to wear a hat. And I think he might even be able to get to wear a yarmulke in support of, you know, Brad. And Lillian asks, well, did he invite anyone else from the neighborhood? And Corey says, Yeah. Corey and Kisa. So it's like, okay, cool, cool. And <laughs> Bill doesn't really say anything to this. Well, Dean even says, well, oh, by the way, you two are invited too. You get to come. And... Just <laughs> they're like, ah, I don't know. But Dean's just so excited because he gets to wear a suit and everything. And Lillian says, you know, I think the invitation is just for, you know, his friends, not the parents of his friends. And Lillian goes on to say how this is a very important thing that Brad is inviting you to. You know, his bar mitzvah, you know, being Jewish, you know, celebrating the bar mitzvah. This is a very important time in a young Jewish boy's life. And Lily also says, you know, it it says a lot about Brad to include everybody. Brad is, Brad is awesome. Brad is cool. He's amazing. Kim comes in and goes to the fridge and Dean says, oh, Kim, you're invited too. I'm thinking... Oh, yeah, we forgot about that little deal breaker, didn't we? yeah, uh, She's not going to want to go. If she shows up, I'm going to be extremely surprised. Yeah, yeah, Dean says, oh, Kim, you're invited too. And she's like, invited to what? And Dean says, Brad's bar mitzvah party. And the way that Kim's like, I'd rather be de- cut dead than go to a little kid's party. Like, no, no. She's 17, 8, what, what, She ain't going to a 13-year-old, 12, 13-year-old kid's party. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, and it's like, no, she's noticed. Like, she's says, plus Brad stares at me too much. It's like, that's because he has a crush on you. That's because he likes you. <laughs> like, yeah, y- you think that she hasn't noticed the way that Brad gives these longing looks whenever... She's in the vicinity? Yeah. Lillian says, you know, actually, Kim, I think you should go. <laughs> okay. Well, it's like, hey, he, he wants you to be there. Y- you would make the highlight of his 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 party to be there. I'm trying to think. I, I, I swear there's an, a, a scene in an episode early on of the Wonder Years where Paul was looking at Karen it might have been season one's episode Angel where she's making up with John Corbett's character Lewis on the front lawn yeah but it never went anywhere past that it honestly never did it was just like that one scene and that was it I mean if Paul had a crush on Karen we never really knew it, but he never really brought it to light And Kim says, what part of I'd rather be caught dead are you not hearing? (laughs) Of course, this perks up Bill's ears as he says, I know I didn't just hear attitude coming from that mouth. And Lillian says, you know, this is an environment that Dean's never been in before. And, And Kim's like, so? And Bill says, so? I mean, we know Brad's folks, but we don't know Brad's folks folks. Like... Bill's parents' parents, you know, his his grandparents basically. I don't even think we see Brad's parents. All I see in the when I was going through who was in the episode was his aunt and uncle. What? I thought we for sure. I mean, I don't know. Unless maybe they're just that they, they could be there and they just don't have lines. Cause There's no way they wouldn't be there for their son's bar mitzvah. And literally it's all about... I think it would be good if Dean had someone there to look after him and all that stuff. Someone who cares about... I'm thinking... Corey and Kisa are going to be there. He'll be with his friends. It's not like he's going... I mean, Kevin, when he went to Paul's... I mean, he knew Paul's parents... He'd go over for dinner there. You know, and the fact that the Arnold's and the Fifers would go on vacations together and stuff. So, yeah. And Kim just, <laughs> why are you asking me then? And Bill puts his foot down like, you're going, and that's final. Like, you don't have a say about this. Well, so I, I, yeah, I kind of figure, like, if Kim's going to go to this thing, then she's going to have to accessorize. Well, then I'm going to need some new bar mitzvah shoes. Maybe. Maybe a bar mitzvah dress, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, if I'm going to this thing, I need some new clothes. <laughs> the way that way, Bill looks up, and Kim just smiles and walks out of, damn, practically prances out of the kitchen. And Bill's like, oh, that girl's going to be the death of me. And Lillian says, oh, she's going to be the death of us all, <laughs> basically. <laughs> and Dean, is he, he's like biting into a cookie or something, he says, you nope. Know, couldn't agree more. See, I thought that was a cookie. Is that one of those oatmeal cream sandwiches? That honestly was such a big disappointment after I saw... Um, I thought I'd had them before I'd seen Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. But it's like, they put such an emphasis on those things. I mean, I know when the kids were shrunk and they were eating that big one and just, just the cookie just falling over, it, it just... It looked more cookie than oatmeal. And when you eat an oatmeal cookie, it looks... It's more oatmeal crumb-like soft than crunchy. It's like... Uh, I don't know. I just... I'm not a big fan of it. I mean, I like oatmeal. And don't get me wrong. I do like peanut butter oatmeal cookies. But... I just... I'm not a fan of uh, the oatmeal. I don't know why. I just, meh. (laughs) Just a letdown to me after seeing that movie. I I tried to see it in, like, a different light after seeing that movie. Like, oh, let me take some of the cream from the middle. And let me take a little, like, bit of this. Nope. Nope. Also, if you're new to the podcast and you haven't checked out the uh, movie reviews I've done, I have covered all three. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids mo- oh, yeah. uh Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves. I believe I did that, I think that was in 2020. That was March, April, May that I covered those of 2020. Boy, oh boy, do I rip the hell out of the third movie because that... Is utter weak sauce. You better not be
2: spoiling your dinner. <laughs> oh, guess what? I got invited to Brad's bar mitzvah. I get to wear a suit and everything.
6: Did he invite anyone else from the neighborhood? <laughs> Corey and Charlene are coming. Well, will you look at that? I bet his parents are inviting well, Corey you guys and
1: Carlene, too. Uh,
6: I think the invitation is just for his friends. But well, this is a very special thing that Brad's inviting you to. A bar mitzvah means a lot for a young Jewish boy, and it says a lot about Brad to include everybody. Kim, you're invited, too. To what? Find bar mitzvah party. <laughs> I'd rather be caught in Dad than go to a party with a bunch of
4: little kids. Plus, mm-hmm. Brad's just does too much.
6: Actually, Kim, <coughs> I think you should go. What part of I'd rather be caught dead? Dad are you not hearing?
4: I know I didn't just hear attitude coming from that mouth.
6: No, sir. This is an environment Dean hasn't been in before. So?
4: So, we know Brad's folks... But we don't know Brad's folks, folks.
6: I think it'd be a good idea for Dean to have someone there to look after him, someone who cares about him.
4: <laughs> Why are you asking me then? <laughs> You're going, and that's final.
6: <laughs> but I'm gonna need some new bar mitzvah shoes,
1: maybe a bar mitzvah dress. Mm.
4: I swear, Lean, that girl gonna be the death of me.
6: She can be the
1: death of us all.
6: Mm hmm. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Dean is doing something that I thought this was was more on the girl's end where it's like oh no you hang up first no you hang up no you hang up hello (laughs) yeah that's just it seems more like the girl's more into doing that than the guy but seeing this from Dean's point of view it's just kind of goofy especially because you know he's on the phone it's not like he's on a cordless phone or on a cell phone, or anything like that. So you pretty much, when you're having this conversation with your boyfriend or girlfriend or whoever, pretty much, if your family's in the room, it's like, what all can you really... Yeah. Talk about awkward. (laughs) Dean is just like, he holds the phone like, wow, I can't believe she hung up first and he hangs up the phone. Okay, oh, okay, so no, um... Dean had said that he and Corey and Charlene were invited, not so um, didn't uh, Brad didn't invite Kisa. Okay, well maybe he did, and we just haven't heard about it. So Lillian notices that Dean's been spending a lot of time with Charlene and asks the obvious question: Is she your girlfriend? And of course, this is awkward for Dean. He's like, "Mom, Dad, do something." And sure, Bill's like, "Just." Answer your mother. Like, I don't, don't pull me into this, please. <laughs> yeah, when Dean says, Dad, do something. And Bill says, Boy, answer your mother. And Dean says, oh, yeah, she's my girlfriend. And Dean, uh, Bill is just like, <laughs> like, I got. It. <laughs> ah. Phil just relishes that being able to tell Dean what to do. Like, (laughs) answer your mother. I don't know why, but I just got the picture in my head from the movie Bambi when he meets Feline for the first time. And she's all like, I said hello. And Bambi's mother's like, well, aren't you going to say something? And he's shaking his head and... She's like, What? Well, you're not scared, are you? And he shakes his head, No. And then she pushes him forward. And I love his like, eyes closed. He's just so bashful and embarrassed. He's like, Hello? <laughs> <laughs> and like, oh, she starts giggling. Feline starts giggling and just uh, runs away. Oh, just like any little girl. Like, oh my gosh, I got it to talk. Ah, I'm so embarrassed. Bill loves us. look at you, got yourself a little girlfriend. Ah, my man. Adult Dean kind of tells like, it's an exciting thing when your dad's, you know, exc- excited for you and everything for the first time. It just is an amazing feeling. So Bill's like, you got any money? You got a girlfriend now. Like, oh yeah, hey, are you going to up his allowance so he can spend his money on his new girlfriend? <laughs> Bill says you got a girlfriend now, you can have money on in your pocket at all times. And Dean says, Yeah, but you don't give me an allowance And Bill says, Yeah, and I'm not going to either <laughs> And Bill says, Here's three dollars for you and your lady. Oh, I bet three dollars could go a long ways in sixty eight. Now I'm thinking of that episode where Bart's of The Simpsons where Bart is trying to earn money for a comic book. He's got all he got is fifty cents. And Homer says, you know, fifty cents was a lot back when I was your age. And Bart says, Really? And Homer says, nah. <laughs> <laughs> and Lillian says, you know, I think it's sweet that you have a girlfriend. You know, Charlene seems like a nice girl. Oh, she's the pastor's daughter, so I would I would hope so. She's not one of those like wild pastor-daughter girls, right? You know, the kind that are all like, well, I gotta rebel because my family's religious or something to that effect. I don't know. We've seen the kids on 7th heaven how they rebel. Yeah. Oh, even even Bill brings up the fact that, yeah, she's a preacher's daughter, so you better treat her right. And I'm just thinking, what's gonna happen if they eventually break up? Like, how is that gonna go over? Okay. Now we gotta find another church to go to because Dean broke up with the preacher's daughter. Thanks a lot, Dean. And Bill says, you know, be respectful. Don't be out there acting all mannish. And Dean says, all we ever do is talk. And Bill says, well, what do you need those three dollars for? And she takes it back. I'm like, oh, come on. Now, Lillian does bring up a good point to Dean. It's like, just make sure that she treats you right, too. It's like, yeah, Um, uh, I know junior high girls, probably even high school girls, they get, when they're dating a guy, I'm sure they can get pretty possessive. Like, I don't want you looking at another girl, talking to another girl, or even thinking about another, I don't, none of that, none of that, none of that, none of that. Like, even when you're not with me, you need to be thinking about me. Kind of, like, I don't, and how do you, I mean... When your your significant other has, you know, friends of the the opposite gender, how does that work? I mean, you don't say... I'm sorry but anyone who says, like, well, you can't be friends with that person once we're together because it doesn't look right or something like that. The whole thing about how you can't have friends of the opposite gender because just people of the opposite gender what can't be i I don't know without anyway and it just is like no you would drop that person right away as soon as they start putting down rules like that like you yeah you are not going to dictate how someone is going to be around and you're not gonna say you can't have those friends anymore once we're together because you know what that person's gonna say to you? They're gonna say, Bye bye. Bye bye. Seeing that like going forward in the next couple episodes, because I've seen preview for the Valentine's Day episode and Dean is not with Charlene anymore. So something between this episode and the next episode happens with Dean and Charlene clearly and they are not together. And I hope That Dean stood up for himself and said, hey, look, she is my friend. If you have a problem with that, then this is not going to work between us. And just been flat out, honestly, hey, I am allowed to have friends of the opposite gender. If you have a problem with that, then I can't. This is just, that's on you then. That's your problem. That's not mine. But then again, they're 12, so whether their thinking is that far ahead, I mean, I don't know. And... Dean asked for clarification, like, what do you mean? And Lillian says, well, I noticed that you like to do a lot of the things that she likes to do. And it's fine to do that, but maybe once in a while she should do things that you like to do. I mean, yeah, exactly. That's only fair. And Dean is like, well, that's not true. And Lillian says, oh, really? So you like the Lawrence Welk show? The Lawrence Welk show, my grandpa loved that show. On Saturday nights after we'd have uh my dad and I would have dinner at the farm, which pretty much consisted of hamburgers made on the stove and a bowl of potato chips. And if you yeah, we didn't have hamburger buns, we just had regular, you know, loaf bread. So if you wanna make it into a burger, you have near two slices of bread. So yeah, that pretty much is what Saturday nights at dinner at the farm would be. When yeah. So And then afterwards, Grandpa would always go into the living room and watch the Lawrence Welk show. And Dean says, yeah, I like the Bubbles. Now, it's been a very long time since I've seen the Lawrence Welk show. I would only catch snippets, like, when my Grandpa was watching it. But I guess there were Bubbles? Is that right? The show was about performing, you know, music. My grandpa, my grandpa, another thing, my grandpa was big into polka music. Probably, you know, the, uh, the German, uh, heritage in him, I guess. And Lillian brings up a good point for Dean to take notice of. You don't have to change yourself to make a girl like you. That's the thing. If a girl does not like you for you and and your interests and stuff like that, then she's not worth. I mean, if you feel the need to change who you are and what you like to do and just pretty much submit to whatever they want to do, that's not a relationship. That's you just being dragged. It's just, it just... You're letting yourself down by doing that is what I, I think I'm trying to say. It's like, you deserve better than that. I mean, look at... You know, my husband and I, we'll have been married for 15 years this year. And we've been together for almost 20 years. And we do, like, some things together and stuff like that. And they're thinking, you know, we don't have the same taste in music. We do, like, some movies, but his tastes kind of run more, you know, action. You know, we both like good comedy. I like drama movies and stuff and in the beginning when we were just starting to date I remember the first Valentine's Day I took him to win a date with Tad Hamilton in 2004 and just and just now looking at some of the other movies we were I was taking him to I'm just looking back on it now it's like if I had like eh, I don't know. But, you know, you guys, sometimes they'll they'll do that. They'll sit through those chick flick movies that really they would not have an interest in at all. So, (laughs) I mean, there's even, there's a new movie with uh, Jennifer Lopez and Owen Wilson coming out called, I think it's called Marry Me. Is that what it's called? But it comes out next month, you know, February. And I'm just thinking in the back of my mind, I'm like, I would... I don't take care. Of, I mainly see movies by myself. Especially the ones that I know that he would not be into. But we did see the Ghostbusters movie. Which, he doesn't listen to this podcast. And the Ghostbust, the new Ghostbusters movie, you know, Afterlife came out. So, that is one of his Valentine's Day gifts. I'm getting it for him because I also like the movie. And he has the other movies. So, Yeah. And honestly, I think that was the last movie that we saw together for... Gosh. Honestly, I think that's the first movie that he's seen in the theater since... Gosh, when was the last movie we saw before that I can't even... That we saw together. I can't remember. Or it might have been one that he saw by himself. uh, One of the last Star Wars films, maybe? I don't know. But Lillian, she is giving Dean some good advice. This also makes me think of that episode of Roseanne, don't ask me what the episode is because I can't remember it, where DJ, who's probably about 12 at the time, is going out with this girl named Lisa, who is very bossy, seems like a major Roseanne type, and uh, she's just like telling DJ what to do, like, oh, you brought the wrong flower corsage, my dress is this color, what are you thinking? And just like, hey, DJ, we're getting our picture taken. Put your arm around me like we're going together, not some just some girl you picked up somewhere. Something just, just and and not like that. It just and the funny thing is the girl who plays Lisa, you wanna know who she is? Ashley Johnson, who played Chrissy Sieber on the last three seasons of Growing Pains. No, it's the last two seasons, seasons six and seven. I'm sorry. But oh my gosh. And even in that episode, it's like, Roseanne at first is like, oh, I like that girl. But then she realizes, like, she's just bossing DJ around. And then she and Dan have to set DJ straight. Like, that is not what you want in a girl. And DJ just thinks, like, well, that's what you do with Dad. You just boss him around, and he just, you, he follows or, your orders and all that stuff. And it's like, no, that's not how you, that's not an example of a, a good <laughs> relationship. So, yeah. it just, it's funny how watching this episode, I'm getting glimpses to other movies and TV shows in these instances, and it's just, it's funny. And Bill says, well, I changed for you. You made me get rid of my conk. What's a conch? And I love how Lillian says, and you're welcome for that. And she adds how Dean is perfect the way he is. And Dean says, thanks, Mom. I get it, right? I won't let her boss me around. And Lillian says, okay, and I will make sure to have that brown suit pressed and ready to go for Brad's Bar Mitzvah. Uh, uh, Oh, boy. We're back to square one, aren't we, Dean? As he says, oh, Charlene wants me to wear black. Kid! (laughs) Ugh! I'd be like, you're wearing a brown suit, okay? If she's got a problem, she can come to me and talk to me about it. I mean, that's what I would say if I were Lillian. Lillian says after Dean says that, it's like, oh lord. Like, my boy. Someone help my boy.
2: No, you hang up first, Charlene. No, you. Hello? Wow. Can't believe she hung up
6: first. And so you've been spending a lot of time with Charlene lately. I guess. Is she your girlfriend? Mom! Dad, do something!
4: Boy, answer your mother.
2: Yes, she's my girlfriend.
4: (laughs) Look at
0: you. Got yourself a little girlfriend. (laughs) My man. It's an exciting thing when your dad's (laughs) impressed with you for the first time.
4: Got any money on you? Got a girlfriend now. Got to have a little money in your pocket at all times.
2: But she don't give me
6: allowance.
4: That's right. Not going to. But here's three dollars for you and your lady.
6: Well, I think it's sweet that you have a girlfriend. Charlene seems like a nice girl.
4: And she's a preacher's daughter, so make sure you treat her right. Be respectful. Don't be out there acting all manage. All we ever do is talk. What you need those three dollars for?
6: <laughs> well, just make sure that she treats you right too. What do you mean? Well, I noticed that you do a lot of things that she likes to do, but not a lot of things that you like to do. That's not true. So you like the Lawrence Welk show? Yeah, I like the bubbles. My point is, Dean, you don't have to change who you are to make a girl like you.
4: Well, I changed for you. You made me get rid of my conk.
6: And you're welcome con. for that. But Dean is perfect the way he is. Thanks, mom. I get it. I won't let her boss me around. Okay, baby. And I'll make sure to have that brown suit pressed and ready for the bar mitzvah. Oh, Charlene wants me to wear black.
1: <laughs> Lord. So, yeah, now it's the next day at school. The kids are getting off the bus. Dean and Kisa get into uh, a discussion about Daredevil, and Dean's like, there's no way the Daredevil is dead. And Kisa says, how much you want to bet? And Dean says, well, how much you got? And here comes Charlene. <laughs> She's like, oh, Dean, aren't you going to walk me to class? Like, <sighs> so Charlene comes up like, oh, excuse me, Dean. You're still walking me to class, right? It's like, uh, yeah. What's this exchange with Kisa and Charlene gonna go? Yeah! (laughs) Charlene dumps her books into Dean's arms. Like, here you go. And I'm surprised she didn't say, well, I'm surprised I had to give you my books. You could have just taken them from me. No, she doesn't say that. Um kisa's the one that's like oh well you know i gotta get to social studies so i'll see you dean oh bye charlene so yeah there's no like the girls aren't angry with each other charlene isn't angry with kisa like she or if she is she ain't gonna show it and i guess charlene is trying to get dean into the archie comics because she's like oh you know dean you've been really quiet about that archie comic i gave you don't you like it haven't you read it yet Yeah, Dean says, oh, I I haven't read it yet. And here, oh, here we go. Oh, she jelly. Charlene jelly. And she says, oh, well, I mean, maybe if you weren't so busy reading Keith's comics. I'm like, oh, snap. And she also adds, and talking about them the whole bus ride, maybe you'd have time to read my comics, too. And Dean's like, uh, yeah, probably as they're, you know, walking towards the school. How far away did the buses park? It's like, well, they're walking half a mile or something just to get into the school. And I had no idea that in 1969, 17 magazine was in publication because now Charlene is talking about I read in Seventeen Magazine how the key to a healthy relationship, I'm sure it's communication. They always say it's about communication. Are you in se- Where? Show me this article. I need to see it because I am calling bull on what she's saying. She made that up. She's like, in order for a couple to have a healthy relationship, they each have to get rid of their friends of the opposite sex. Bullshit. What? What is this hoopla, poopla she's spouting off on? I've never heard anything like that, and you know why? Cause it's not true. She made it up. I'd be, I'd be like, damn, like yeah. Um, you know what? Well, I read this article. Do you have the magazine on you? You don't? Okay. Um, cause I, I, I honestly, uh, I w- even would go so far to say, it's like, I, I don't believe that, and I'm not doing that either. So uh, I guess you're gonna have to find some other Patsy. And she's like, so I won't be friends with any boys. And Dean how you get this, says, yeah, but you don't have any friends who are boys. And right away she says, and you'll stop being friends with Kisa. It's like she didn't even, she just tuned him out. I'd be like, yeah, I mean, we haven't seen him hang around any other girls. I mean, but he was hanging out in a group at that lads and ladies place with those kids. And there was one girl, I don't know what her name was, but... It's not, yeah, and the fact that she's, you can stop hanging out with Kisa, not you can stop hanging out with girls, too, because I don't know any other girl that he's hanging around. See, this is a prime example of a toxic relationship. The girl making the demands on the guy how she wants him to be, and any outside interest that he has, especially with members of the opposite sex, that's got to be no more. Like, no, I am surprised Lily in it. I mean, if she heard that, she would separate right and like excuse me, young lady, but my son is not going to bow down to your demands. The thing is, if that's how she goes into other relationships down the road, she's gonna find herself alone, and yeah, unless she finds someone that is so desperate that they will. Do exactly what she wants. I I don't like Charlene. I thought she was cute and adorable and sweet at first. But now there's a side to her. And, I mean, we can't say every single junior high girl is like this. Because I'm sure they're not. I get that, you know, teenage hormones are raging and that kind of thing. And it just... Uh, come on... Uh, our, our t- I mean, I could even maybe see some high school girls being like this, but junior high girls? Really? Okay. See, that's why junior high romances don't last because the girls get too clingy and the guys are just like, I'm not about that. Goodbye. Ding calls her on. He's like, wait, wait, wait. Why? We've been friends forever these kids don't know what forever is she's like and we're if we're gonna be boyfriend and girlfriend forever then we need to have a healthy relationship i if i were i i'm like oh whoa, well, whoa, well, i never said anything about forever never said anything about that and cliff dean he's like uh i guess and charlotte's great we both are- we both agree. Like, no. Oh, my gosh. Kid. This is not going to end well. Honestly, if he ends it, I'm hoping that he's the one who says, enough's enough. I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I'm not going to be your lap dog. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do this. Keys is my friend. And if I want to hang out with her, I'm going to hang out with her. If you don't like it, step off. Dean even adds, like, does Kisa even count? I mean, she's not really a girl. She's my friend. Dean says, oh, you don't still like her, do you? And Dean's like, well, no, not like that. I mean, but this isn't fair to Kisa. Girl, you are the least mature person right now in 1968. She said, well, these are the mature decisions that we need to make if we're going to be boyfriend and girlfriend. Oh, she says, these are the mature decisions we have to make now that we're dating. Kids, you don't need to be serious when you're 12. You really don't. Don't talk about forever because it isn't going to happen. You're not talking forever when you're 12. I don't think kids even understand or can even fathom what forever means. And adult Dean says, "If I had read that Archie comic, I could have told her she was being a total Veronica." Oh yeah, isn't that the thing? Like Archie's in this constant love triangle type of deal with uh, Betty and Veronica. So Betty's the blonde, right? And Veronica is the black-haired girl. I don't know. So uh, Dean is just—he's—I'll go on record and say the boy is whipped. He is whipped. And he's like, okay, uh, sure. And she's like, oh, great. Have a good day at school, Dean. (sighs) If any, see, the thing is she only does it when it's with her and Dean. Any adult, any woman who saw her speaking to Dean that way would immediately pull her aside and say, hey, sweetie, that is not a a healthy relationship. That is not something that, that is not how you treat another person. You don't put demands on them like that. You don't put rules on relationships like that. Because if you do, and you continue that pattern, you're going to wind up alone and sad as an adult. There's
2: no way they think Daredevil's that. How much you willing to bet? How much you got? Uh, excuse me. Name?
3: you're still walking me to class right yeah of course well i gotta get to social studies see you dean bye charlene see you kisa Mm -hmm.
2: you know you've been real quiet about that archie comic i gave you oh i haven't read it yet yeah maybe if you weren't so busy reading kisa's comics and talking about them on bus ride you have time to read mine yeah probably you know i read in 17 that in order to have a healthy relationship each person in the couple has to get rid of their friendships with the opposite sex. So, I won't be friends with any boys. But you don't have any friends who are. No. And you'll stop being friends with Kisa. Wait, 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 wait. Why? We've been friends for, like, <laughs> forever. And if we're gonna be boyfriend-girlfriend forever, then we need to have a healthy relationship, right? I I guess. Could. we both agree. But, I mean, does Kisa even count? She's not really <laughs> a girl. She's just my friend. You don't still like her, do you? Uh, oh, no, no. It's just... It, Doesn't seem fair to Kisa. Well, these are the sort of mature decisions that we have to be ready to make now that we're dating.
0: If I had read that Archie comic, I could have told her that she was being a total Veronica.
2: I guess so. Good. Have a good day at school, Dean.
1: And I'm just honestly thinking back to when Kevin was dating Becky Slater. She never came out and said, well, you can't talk to any other girls or oh my gosh, you're hanging out with Winnie. I mean, because she was, you know, friends with Winnie and stuff like that, Winnie Cooper. And just... No way. I mean, she knew that Kevin had a longing, you know, he had a history with Winnie. They were friends, and he was at one time romantically interested with her and everything like that. But in no way did she put demands on him saying... You can't be friends with any other girls. You just can't. She never once did that. So, Kisa's shooting hoops by herself. I like her three braid pigtails. I think they're really cute. She's adorable. And, yeah, Dean says, look, um, I gotta talk to you about something. And she's, oh, you wanna play horse? It's like, yeah, sure feels like Charlene is more of a girly girl like it doesn't look I can't see her being into sports I haven't seen her pick up a basketball or whatever but with Kisa I mean she has a lot of qualities that Dean you know things that Dean are into comic books basketball just stuff like that that's why and the thing is I mean He sees her, I mean, yeah, you know, Kisa is a girl and everything like that, but there's more to her than that. It almost feels like, like, she's partial tomboy and partial, I would not put her at girly girl level. I would not. But, um, yeah, she's just like a nice balance between, she can get dressed up when she wants to and everything and look nice, and then she can... Hang out with the guys and, you know, shoot some hoops. I still want to know where she got that letterman. I think that could have been her dad's... I Honestly, I was also thinking in 69, did they have, like, junior high, all-girls basketball teams in junior high back in 68 or 69? I don't know. Because she definitely looks like she would be a good basketball player. Granted, I've only seen her shoot one basket, but still, she's got the drive. So, Dean goes to shoot, and it bounces off the backboard, and then the rim, and it doesn't go in. So, she's like, oh, that's H. (laughs) So, Kisa gets another basket. Dean, again, he goes up for a layup and tries to hit it, and it misses again. And she, and even Kisa know like, wow, you're really off today. Because he starts to see, he, he, he starts to say that uh, Charlene said that I mean, I don't know anyone who can have a conversation and play basketball at the same time. Especially, I mean, I can imagine, this is what I think, is like, if he, he tells her, like, she doesn't want me hanging out with you. And um, I can see Kisa say, well, That's not up to her. We've been friends for a long time. She doesn't make the rules, even if you are dating. And she says, I don't usually beat you this bad. And Dean says, well, that's because I'm trying to tell you something. Then stop playing basketball for a hot second and take a break and just tell her. So yeah, Kisa's not She's like giving him tips like, oh, because he's holding the ball. And she says, tuck in your elbow this time. And he does just that, and he sinks that shot. And she's like, oh, nice one. See, I knew you had it in you. See, I like Kisa with Dean. He's just, She's sweet. She tells him like it is. She's not bossing him around and making these ridiculous demands. And, and I don't think just like, you know, see, Kisa was the, she's the best. I mean... How could I tell her that the friendship that has lasted so long and means so much to me has to come to an end? It's like, it doesn't. It doesn't. He just needs to put on his big boy pants and tell Charlene how it's going to be. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, he's thinking, why, you know, how can I tell this girl who means so much to me and the, we've had this friendship for so long that our f- friendship now has to end because I have a girlfriend. Like, uh, it doesn't. And Dean just spits it out and says, Charlene says that we can't be friends anymore. Really? K- Kisa? She says, okay, if that's what you want. Yeah, she says, if that's what you want. Is it, no, it's not what he wants. It's what Charlene wants, apparently. She's not even going to fight for it. So Keisha sinks another shot and then she turns and walks away. I would be like, look, if she thinks she can stop you from being your friend, that's that. But she can't stop me from being your, you from being my, whatever. Just No, uh, I don't like this.
2: Sure, but I need to talk. Yes.
3: Yes, sir.
1: <laughs> Ken, that was weak. That was weak sauce.
2: Lucky, Charlene said that. I- Dang it. Oh, yeah.
3: Wow, you're really off today. I do usually beat you this
2: bad. That's because I'm trying to tell you something. Fuck your elbow in this <sighs> one.
3: Nice one. See, I knew you had it in you.
0: See, Kiza was the best. How could I bring myself to tell her that our friendship that has meant so much to me for so long had to end because I have a girlfriend now?
2: Charlene said that We can't be friends
3: anymore. Okay. If that's what you want.
0: Well, hope she's gonna be okay.
1: And adult dean's like, well, hope she's gonna be okay. Like, I'm sure she'll be fine. Kisa can take care of herself. She's strong. So dean heads over to the table with brad and Corey, kisa hampton and norman it's like hey everybody what's going on kisa's got the new issue of daredevil and she's and dean's like oh wow the new issue came out and kisa's like yeah well i mean i would have taken you with me but you know we're not friends anymore so and i'm sure everyone's like wait what 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 He's what? what 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 no wait a minute when did this happen so the way that she's like, yeah, she's like, but we're not friends anymore, so maybe I should take my comic book that everyone is loving and reading to another table. Oh! Is it basically like she's like, I mean, it looks like you're gonna have to sit somewhere else because I'm already sitting here. Sorry! Or like, oh, why don't you go sit with your girlfriend? I mean, since you guys, you know, are so you know, tight and everything. Oh, no, no, no! Because, so, she's basically thinking, she, she, I'm going to go sit at another table, and both Brad and Cory like, no, 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 they're apparently pulling her back down in her seat, like, no, 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 you stay. Dean, can you go sit somewhere else? <laughs> <laughs> like, all oh, we don't want Kisa to leave, but Dean, you can go sit by your girlfriend or something. Like, oh, uh, no, the girl in the comic book can stay, but Dean has to go. Kisa sits down. And it's like, oh well, I guess that means you should go sit at another table. So no one's gonna question like, what is this with you not being able to be you and Kisa not being friends? I would like, Dean, you and I got what? What's up with this? I want to know what's going on. None of the boys are gonna question that. Not even a, a little. I love this last thing. She's like, for the sake of your relationship, of course. <laughs> She is really, she is really digging into him. She is really throwing these digs at him. She, like, probably think like, uh, like, we ain't the friendship, but I'm not gonna make it easy on you. Uh, why in the heck didn't Charlene is sitting the, over there at that other table? I'm surprised she didn't call Dean over and say, hey, you're sit with me and the girls. So she's like, Charlene says, Dean, settle a bet. Who's your favorite pussy cat? And Josie doesn't count. Uh, okay. Oh, that's right. Because isn't it Josie? Josie and the pussy cats. I'm sorry, I can't think Josie without Josie Gel or Josie Grossy from Never Been Kissed so they're the falcons jefferson davis middle school or junior high falcons okay i was wondering yeah i'm like okay what's their mask okay the falcons cool
2: hey what's going on
3: fellas (laughs) oh i forgot the new issue came out i just got it yesterday (laughs) i would to take you with me but we're not friends anymore so i should probably take my comic book reading and loving to another table Sorry, guys. No, come on, no, come on, no, please, don't go. Guess that means you should go sit at another table. For the sake of your relationship, of course. She is really digging into that. Yeah. Okay, move. Uh, Dean, settle a little bit.
2: Who's your favorite pussycat? And Josie doesn't count.
1: Why is she not having him sit with. Because he ends up sitting with Charlene in the He's like, oh, This is my life now. Okay, so. Now we're in class, this is, I'm guessing, before class starts, and the kids are all laughing, and, and Dean comes in, and apparently, Kiesa's got all these baseball cards from her bro. okay, so we do learn she has a brother, an older brother- okay, then that's gotta be where the jacket comes from, is from the older brother. Does she have an older brother who's in college, or- I'm just kinda curious- Like, do we, maybe we'll learn about him. I really do hope the show gets a second season. I really, uh, I'm invested. I want to grow with these, I want to grow. I'm going to be 40 this year. What the hell am I talking about? (laughs) I want to, my inner self, young one self, grow with these characters and turn this into a six season show. I would be down for I want to see these characters grow up. I want to see them go through all these trials and tribulations. I need to see this. I want to see them graduate high school. Can we have that happen? Please. Let's get a season two. I mean, Saladin Patterson already was, was he nominated or did he win? Like the NAACP um, for the pilot. The screenplay, I believe. And EJ Williams, who plays Dean. Well, isn't that so funny? His name is EJ Williams. And he's playing Dean Williams. I just think it's funny. Um, <laughs> he got nominated too. I'm not sure. Did he win? I got I want to find out. I gotta look more into that. But um I am invested with these characters. Let's get Charlie. let's get this breakup done. Let him get, let's get this done with. And let's move on to Dean and Kisa. I'm ready for it. I want to see it. Let's get them together. I know that we're like halfway through season one because there's 22 episodes. This is episode 11. I but think about it. How long did we have to wait for Kevin and Winnie to get together? They might have kissed at the end of the pilot episode, but they didn't officially <coughs> get together. I believe in season three, and then by season four, they were broken up. And then eventually they do, spoiler alert, they do get back together sometime in season five, and they're 100% together in season six, so. Winnie honestly makes Kevin work for that relationship. They are constantly on again, off again, constant, constant, all the time. And she is really harping on the fact, you know, Dean, if we were still friends, I could trade you this extra Willie Mays card that I just happen to have. And she adds, but how would you ever explain it to your girlfriend? Yeah, yeah, is not going to confront Charlene about this whole Dean said that you said that he and I couldn't be friends anymore. She's going to make Dean suffer for it. Because it's basically like, hey, if you're not man enough to go up to your girl and say, hey girl, this is how it's gonna be, then I'm pretty much gonna be shooting these daggers, these digs at you until you eventually man up and go and do that. Yeah. And Adult Dean says that it became pretty clear that his decision to end his friendship with Kisa pretty much has backfired. Like, this whole thing. Like, yeah, yeah. Kisa even brought homemade brownies and of course, for her friends. Which, you know, doesn't include Dean, because, you know, it's all about their relationship with Charlene. Sorry, Dean. Friends only, and you're not one of them. Dean actually goes in for a brony, and the way that Kisa just slams that top shut on the um tupperware brownies (laughs) sorry it's me and so yeah like sorry dean my mom said only to share these with my friends okay he's got to go to charlene and tell her what's what come on this is you're dragging this out come on dean and yeah, and she's like, and since we're not friends anymore, the look, Corey is like grinning at Dean, like, ha, she got you. And Adult Dean is like, oh, she was diabolical. Really? You don't think your girlfriend's not diabolical? No, she's just crude and rude and just needs to be put in her place. I love how Dean walks away, Brad goes over, slings an arm around. Dean's shoulder says, you know, too bad you and Kisa aren't friends anymore. I mean, because I just invited her to my bar mitzvah. Yeah, Brad says, she's great. I invited her into my bar mitzvah. Dean goes to sit in his seat in the class Roman and says that Brad's breath had the taste, it had the smell of double fudge brownies and a sense of... Betrayal. <laughs> oh, he says mixed with the stench of betrayal. Okay. It does kind of seem like the boys are siding with Kisa over Dean. Like, hey, she's got the comic book. She's got the brownies. We're gonna go with the comics and the brownies. Dean, what else you what do you have? Not okay. Hey guys, what's going on? Here?
2: Dang Kisa. I can't believe he really just gave you all these baseball cards like that.
3: Yeah. <laughs> if we were still friends, I could trade you this absolutely maze card I have. But how would you ever explain it to your <laughs> girlfriend? To laugh, it so quickly hard.
0: became clear that my decision to end <laughs> my you. friendship with Kisa You're had kidding. completely backfired.
3: Anyone want homemade brownies? Oh. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, Dean. My mom told me to share these with my <laughs> friends, and since we aren't friends anymore.
0: The woman was diabolical.
2: <laughs> Too bad and Keisha can't be friends anymore. She's great. I even invited her to my bar mitzvah.
0: <laughs> Brad's breath had the smell of delicious double fudge brownies mixed with the stench of betrayal.
1: So it looks like they're helping Dean get ready. He's in his black talks. Bill's helping a t- titan Dean's and Lillian's like, not too tight, Bill. Last time you did this, he almost passed out of church. And Bill says, oh, I thought he caught the Holy Ghost. <laughs> you tie that tie any he tighter, and he's gonna be mating the Holy Ghost. And of course, Lillian says, now Dean, you make sure you're on your best behavior, because you're representing this family, too. How would you want to bet, like, Brad is going to ask Kim to dance like she is going to be the highlight of that bar mitzvah party for him oh my gosh I just thought what if Kim kind of jumps in if Charlene is getting all angry with Dean and Kim jumps in there and sets her straight I wonder if that's going to happen and Lillian also adds if there's anything that makes you feel uncomfortable your sister will be right there And Kim sets her own rules. Like I just so you know, Dean, I don't want you talking to me, looking at me, or breathing near me. So okay. Like, hello they're gonna know that you're there with him. Unless you're she's gonna be like, No, you go in first, I'll wait five minutes and then come in after you. And look like we arrived together. She says, I don't even want people to know we're related. Well, being that you and Dean and Corey and Kisa and Charlene, I mean, I'm sure Hampton and Norman will be there probably too. I mean, because Brad hangs out with them on occasion. They're going to, someone's going to think you're somebody's sister. Your last name says Williams. Okay, well, so is that boy over there. Any relation? No? Okay. And Bill says, yeah, I'm pretty sure they're going to know. And Lillian says, just look out for one another. And Dean asks, oh, what? It's, it's a bar mitzvah. It's like, what do you think is going to happen at this thing? And Lillian says, Brad and his parents may have friends that aren't as welcoming. Well, then they won't be welcome if that's the case. Like, if you aren't down with my son's friends, then you can leave. You don't need to be here. And... Bill says, you know how Granddaddy Clisby says, you know, things about, uh, white people. And Bill says, how would you feel if we invited Brad over to hang out with him? And Dean's like, oh. And then an adult Dean says, now that I understood. And Dean says, well, we should get going. We don't want to keep Charlene waiting. Oh, God. And it's more advice for Dean. He says, now when you go to the door and Charlene's father answers you make sure to look him in the eye oh to look him directly in the eye and Bill adds he's not gonna like you son okay that's just him being a good dad and Bill adds, regardless you give him a good firm handshake and Bill says all right let me see yours and (laughs) Dean just gives him a quick like shake and like bye and Bill says okay let's just hope her mom answers instead
6: well, not too tight, Bill. The boy nearly passed out at church last time.
4: Oh, I thought he caught the Holy Ghost.
6: <laughs> well, you just make sure you're on your best behavior, Dean. You're representing this family, too. If anything happens that makes you feel uncomfortable, your sister will be right there. And just so you know, I don't want you talking to me or looking at me or breathing near me. I don't even want people to know we're related. Uh,
4: I'm pretty sure they're gonna know.
6: <laughs> yeah. Just look out for one another why are you so worried it's just the bar mitzvah brad and his parents may have friends who aren't as <laughs> welcoming as they are
4: you know granddaddy clisby says things about white people how would you feel if we invited brad over to hang out with him oh now that i understood
2: well uh, we should get going <laughs> we don't want to keep charlene waiting
4: now when you pick up charlene her father answers the door you need to look him directly in the eye he's not gonna like your son but that's just because he's a good dad regardless you give him a firm handshake. Let me see yours. Let's hope her mom answers instead.
1: So, okay, Kim's Oh, that's right. Because they pull up to the house and like, I thought they were going to the bar. Oh, they, that's right. They got to pick up Charlene. <laughs> and yeah, they're parked in front of her house. And Kim's like, what is with you? Charlene's waiting. You've been talking nonstop about this bar mitzvah all Bar Mitzvah all week. Like, yeah, it's like he, they just pulled up and he's still sitting in the car like, go get your girlfriend. Yeah, she asked him, like, why do you look like you don't even want to go now? And he's like, oh, it's it's nothing. It's it's fine now. And she's like, oh, suit yourself. Kim's <laughs> like, if you don't want to tell me. And he's like, okay, I'll tell you. So my guess is like, yeah, she's not going to be too happy about the way that Charlene is pretty much running Dean's life and controlling who he can and can't hang out with. Yeah, he tells Kim, Charlene said I can't be friends with Kisa anymore, which also means I can't be friends with my other friends because they're choosing Kisa over me, basically. Yeah, because he can't be friends with Kisa, so he can't be with the rest of his friends because they're choosing her over him because, you know, brownies and uh, baseball cards and comic books. And, (laughs) like, now I'm going to be at this thing surrounded by toothless old people. So Kim can't even understand. Like, why did Charlene not want you to be friends with Kisa? Dean tells her exactly what Charlene told him, which was, in order for us to have a healthy relationship, we have to stop being friends with the opposite sex. what? Oh my god! Yeah, because he says, yeah, in order for us to have a healthy relationship, we have to stop having... Um, we having friendships or the, the hanging out with the members of the opposite sex or whatever and yeah they bleeped it as Kim says that sounds like shit that uh, they put in that 17 pe- magazine for white people <laughs> well I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> Oh, she's probably read seventeen million like, Fuck this shit. <laughs> this is hot garbage. Who's who's buying this crap? And Dean says, I'll be sitting with Charlene, sitting with a bunch of and with a bunch of boring girls that's cause that's who she hangs out with. And Kim says, Why don't you just get Charlene to become friends with Kisa? And then that way, you know, your friends are her friends. Or our friends. Her friend. Like, uh, I don't think she wants to be friends with Kisa because she sees her as the, the enemy. I, I honestly feel like, mm, uh, no. Because she knows that Dean has feelings for Kisa. Because she's like, that way your friends will be her friends and you can all hang out together. Simple, simple, basically. Well, Dean says it was moments like these that... I remember that my Kim wasn't just my sister. She was also a girl, too. Yeah, and Dean's like, yeah, she's a girl. She was a girl, too. She actually knew how girls worked. And Dean's like, yeah, you're right. Thanks, Kim. You know, I didn't really want to tell you at first. <laughs> Kim, of course, turns like, okay, we're done here. Go get your girlfriend. I'm turning on the radio so I can block you out or tune you out.
6: You haven't shut up about this bar mitzvah all week. Why do you look like you don't even want to go now?
2: Oh, nothing.
6: It's it's fine. Teach yourself. Okay, fine,
2: I'll tell you. Charlene said that I can't be friends with Kisa anymore, which means I can't be with the rest of my friends, and now I'm gonna be stuck staying with a bunch of toothless old people.
6: Why doesn't Charlene want you and Kisa being
2: friends? She said that in order for us to have a healthy relationship, we have to stop being friends with people of the opposite sex. <laughs> That sounds like they put in 17 for white people. Now I'll be stuck sitting with a bunch of boring girls Charlene sits with.
6: Why don't you just get Charlene to become friends with Kisa? <laughs> then her friends are your friends and you can all hang out together.
0: It was in moments like these hey, that I, I remembered that, that Kim working. wasn't just my sister. She was Is a girl too.
2: She actually
0: knew how girls worked.
2: Yeah, you're right. Thanks, Kim. You know, I, I didn't really want to tell you at first. But I, <laughs> I found out
1: all right, so now we arrived at the bar mitzvah, and it looks like uh, like they're heading into like a like a church type thing. Um, and Dean's come like, "Oh, your mom squeezed my hand so hard." I haven't met her mom. We've only met her dad because he's the uh, he's the preacher of the church. And Dean's, you know, adult Dean tells us like with all the drama between Kisa and Charlene, he forgot that he was entering a synagogue. And Dean says how it still, it kind of felt like, you know, walking in into a church. Because they're not in the action, they're just more in the reception area. As far as where everyone kind of conjugates after and before church. And we do see Corey and Kisa there. And Dean, adult Dean tells us there's one thing he couldn't figure out. And he asks, hey, where's their Jesus on the cross? Um... I like how Kim kind of clicks her tongue My brother, everybody. And Dean is like, what? Jesus was a Jewish man, too, you know? And, of course, you know, adult Dean says, you know, Dean's still playing catch-up with all this, you know, learning, you know, Jewish knowledge and stuff like that. So... Dean rushes over with Charlene and says, hey, Kisa, so good to see you since, you know, we haven't hung out in so long. I can't see those two wanting to be friends. I mean, I I mean, from Kisa's end, I don't see her having a problem, but Charlene, I can't see that working out. Because in a way, even if they were friends, Dean would still be hanging out with Kisa, hence guilty by association. And Dean's like, yeah, you remember Charlene. Right, Kisa and Kisa? Mm -hmm. Those girls, they are having a stare down. Neither of them, oh no, like, mm -mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. This is not going to go well. Please say that Dean ends his relationship with Charlene at the end of this episode, Please! That's gotta be so weird, like, when you have two different types of friends that don't really know about each other, and then you try to bring them together to bridge the gap, and then you're just trying to make awkward small talk, and like, oh, you two have so much in common! Really? Like, what? (coughs) They're both female? They're both, you know, black girls? Uh, What? What do they have in common, Dean? They're both wearing dresses? thing those girls got in common is Dean and that is pretty much it and even that is skating on thin ice gosh he is like grasping at straws he's like wow when you guys meet kindergarten Wow, I'm sure that's when you all met Dean God he is he is definitely grasping at straws for just any type of connection Dean is just like what a time to forge lifelong friendships it's not going to happen. It's just not. And Dean is like, what was that like? And then I love how Kim kind of dips in there and says, you're bad at this. Like, he is re- super cringy, awkward, and I can't, I can't handle it. This coming from me, who is super awkward when it comes to trying to keep a conversation going. Yes, I've led a sheltered childhood. <laughs> <clears throat> um yeah just awkward awkward movie it just helped oh, me i only seem to oh man, when you grow up and all your interests are basically movies and tv shows and books uh, that only and when you want to run out of that materials like i got i have nothing else even when they're like, well, ask people about themselves. They love to talk about themselves. Well, I've exhausted my five questions that I pretty much ask everyone I just met. Usually when I meet somebody. <laughs> oh, boy. Thanks, kid. You know, I, I didn't really want to tell you at first. But I
2: found out Your mom squeezed my hand so hard.
0: With all the Charlene and Kisa drama, I forgot that I was entering an actual synagogue for the first time in my life, though it kind of reminded me of church. There was one thing that I couldn't quite figure out, though.
2: <laughs> hey, where is their Jesus on the cross? What? <laughs> Jesus was a
0: Jewish man, too, you know. Hey, clearly, I was still playing catch up on the whole Jewish thing. Apparently. What I did know was that I now had a foolproof plan on how I was going to be friends with <laughs> Kisa again.
2: Hey, Kisa, so good to see you. Especially since, you know, we haven't talked in so long. Uh, you remember Charlene? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I was just thinking how you two had so much in common. When when did you guys meet? Kindergarten? Wow, what a time to forge lifelong friendships. Mm. (laughs) What was that like? You're bad
1: at this. Yeah, really. So, Brad's over in a corner, and I think he's getting a little bit of stage fright. Stage fright. He's really nervous. Dean excuses himself, and says, you two continue your soul connection. I'll be right back. Well, I guess Corey's going to be the buffer in that showdown. Ugh. So Brad is pacing back and forth by the coats that are hung up on a rack there, and Dean comes over like, "Hey, Mazel Tov, Brad." And Brad, he he does not mention words. He's like, "I am freaking out here, Dean." And all your issues with Kisa and, um. Charlene, did you manage to help Brad with the speech like you said you would? I'm going to give him the speech that's like, "Oh, you have trouble with um public speaking. Here you go. When you get up there, just picture everyone in their underwear." Yeah. How long has that been a thing? I want to know how long that when that thing first came into creation that saying for fear of public speaking that sounds like that is as old as time that that advice I swear that honestly when it comes to public speaking I swear like that advice has been done on so many tv shows mentioned Yeah, You know, with, um, even in The Simpsons, there was an episode where Homer had to, like, speak to a group of people at his work, and Barney said, just picture them all in their underwear, including yourself. (laughs) Yeah, it's just, oh boy, I'm nervous. I'm nervous for Brad, I'm nervous for Dean, I am really nervous for the showdown with, uh, Kisa and Charlene. And Dean can't understand. It's like, what? Why? And Brad's like, what? What do you mean why? Like, what if I forget my Torah portion? Or if my voice cracks? I'm surprised his voice didn't crack when he said that. And Brad's like, well, what if I drop the Torah? I mean, those things weigh like 50 pounds. And Dean keeps kind of looking over at uh, Kisa and Charlene, who aren't talking. They're just looking in Dean's direction. Oh, God. Awkward. Awkward! Brad says, I, I haven't even finished my speech yet. What, oh my, what have you been doing this whole time, Brad? What have you, looking at comic books and baseball cards and uh, whatever else? I don't freaking know. Poor kid. It's nerves. It's just nerves. It will be okay. All the times I had to get up in front of the class in high school and junior high and read a paper that I wrote I would always yeah and it's like as soon as you get back to your seat you're like why am I all sweaty because it's nerves and the thing is I would pick a point on the back wall where I would just look at that one spot on the back wall and that would help me get you know through it Brad is just he is, he is full on freaking out we didn't see any of this from Paul we didn't see any of this from Paul and he, he's like, oh, God, my parents, they're, they're going to kill me. Oh, Brad is turning on Dean. He's like, hey, because he sees that Brad—that Dean is distracted. He keeps looking at Keitha and and Charlene. Is, and Brad is just angry. He's like, hey, you said you were going to help me. And all you've done is ignored me. Like, through my little rant and everything. I was going to ask about that because he, he did say, hey, I'll help you. Don't worry about it. And then it's like he got in this... Kisa and Charlene drama, and I don't know where his head has been. And adult Dean says, "Yeah, you know, he knows that he had let Brad down, but he's just so determined to see Kisa and Charlene as best friends. That's not going to happen ever! Stop wishing for something that will never come to fruition. You need to drop Charlene before she drops you. And Dean is like, well, I've got my own problems, dang it! Like, I wouldn't even call that a real problem. It's just something that needs to be taken care of. Okay? Simple, simple. Look. Be straight with her. Say, Charlene, look. I'm friends with Kisa. If you don't like it, then you need to just move on. Because I am not going to end my friendship with her. Because you don't like it. I feel Brad. This is Brad's big. You know, for an episode that's titled Brad's Bar Mitzvah. What? <laughs> This, I mean, I get it, Dean is the main protagonist, but we really just, and we're only getting little bits from Brad about how this is just nerves for him and stuff like that. And it just, I mean, even with episodes that focused on other characters that weren't Kevin, like Karen had her full episodes, um, Paul, like, um what were some other episodes like when Paul was doing the baseball t- baseball no he's doing basketball and uh, you know Kevin was supporting him on the ba- basketball team and all that good stuff it was just I don't know and even well birthday boy both boys are having their birthdays right and you know uh, we well, the whole thing with, with um, Paul's Whole thing, we see Kevin go over to dinner at the Fifers and everything, and his Paul's grandpa makes him makes a speech about you know when he made his bar mitzvah and giving Paul his prayer book and everything, just this passage of tradition and and all that and everything like that. So yeah, and just I mean Kevin was dealing with just his jealousy of the fact like oh well Paul gets a party and this and that and I get or ride in a fixed-up vehicle and going for an ice cream boring Yeah, it's just, it's just, I just, I do, I feel for Brad. I really, really do. But I know it's not the Brad show. It's, it's Dean's show. I just, I honestly would love points of view from Corey and Brad and Kisa. Even Charlene, I kind of want to know, what's going on in that girl's head? I want to know where she's coming from on all this. Hey, Dean.
2: You guys continue your soul connection. I'll be right back.
1: No,
2: Hey, you muzzle top of Brad. I'm freaking out. What? Why? What do you mean, why? What if I forget my Torah portion? Or what if my voice cracks? Or what if I drop the Torah? Those things are like 50 pounds. I just, I haven't even finished my speech yet. Oh, God, my parents are gonna kill me. Hey, you said you were gonna help
0: me. All you've done is ignore me. I knew I was letting Brad down, but this was my one chance to get <laughs> Kisa and Charlene to become best friends, and it to. was slipping through my fingers.
2: Well, I've got my own problems, dang it. Poor Brad.
1: I don't know where the heck Corey went off to. He's like, uh, there's too much female toxicness here. I'm gonna walk away. Uh, cause Dean comes over, he's all smiles, awesome. like, hey, what are y'all talking about? Making friends. No. Okay. Yeah, he, he was like, "Hey, what are you talking about? Having fun, making friends? Do they look like... No, they look like they want to beat his butt for like just leaving them by themselves. They got nothing to talk about." And yeah, they both girls turn and ro- roll their eyes and just turn and walk away. And he's like, eh, "Maybe not. Like, <laughs> no, they got nothing in common but you, Dean." so kim comes up to Dean like hey dean we need to go sit down now uh maybe you're just one of those guys that maybe you're just one of the guy those guys who isn't meant to have a girlfriend so this white guy with a beard who is this dude because he just looks at kim and dean and just kind of rolls his eyes and just grunt and just walks away like And who are you? Are you a relative of Brad's? Why are you here? Oh, the guy, like, oh, he gives Dean a yarmulke and then just kind of rolls his eyes and walks away. But this nice lady with a German accent says, here, let me help you. And as she's putting the yarmulke on Dean, the back of Dean's head, she's like, oh, you must be Brad's friend. And we notice we see on her arm, which I didn't know really where the um, the the numbers I with the movies that I watched about the Holocaust in the concentration camps, I always thought the the number was on the inside of the arm but this lady has one on the um, outer side of her arm, like on the top of her arm and I'm just like, oh wow. And I'm just kind of wondering, because Kim is just looking at the, the, it's like a letter in the sequence of numbers, and the way, she's just so sweet, and she says, I am Aunt Ruth, and what are your names? And Kim says, well, I'm Kim, and this is my brother, Dean. And she says, "She says, well, let me show you where to go. She just, oh, smile, such a sweet lady.
2: Hey, what are you two talking about? Having fun? Making friends?
0: <gasps> they were not.
6: Mm-hmm. Come on, you better sit down. You know, Dean, maybe you're just one of those guys who wasn't meant to have a girlfriend. No, wait, What's up with
1: yeah. let me help you.
6: You must be Brad's friends. I am his aunt.
7: Wood. What are your names?
6: I'm Kim, and this is
7: Dean, my brother. Let me show you where to go.
1: What does it mean? So we have the speaker there ask the question, what does it mean to become a Jewish man? And Dean sees Brad is just flipping through those index cards. He is so nervous. He's like, oh, buddy. So Dean says, you know, seeing how nervous Brad was in that moment, it's like Dean knows that he has to set this right. He has to make things right. But so Dean gets up and says, I gotta talk to Brad. And Kim is like, there's no way I'm letting you get up there and make a scene. No, he's gotta help him out. Everyone's seen it down, and Dean is like, I got to... Stepping on people. And Dean says, you know, if it meant me embarrassing myself down here, if that meant to keep Brad from embarrassing himself up there, then that was the price I was willing to pay. So Dean goes over to the side of the stage. It's like, hey, Brad. And Brad's like, what are you doing? You can't be up here. And Dean says, I remember a piece of advice my dad gave me When I I got stage fright, or when he would get stage fright, this is the advice he had given me of how he handles it. Oh my gosh, I swear, if he says picture everyone in their underwear, I am going to just, my mind is going to be blown. Oh, oh my gosh, he just, he did, he, he said it, folks, he said it. Just picture everybody in their underwear. Okay, so clearly that line has existed since at least 1969 or earlier. I'm curious to know, like, when did that start becoming a thing? And Dean says, once they all look crazy, you won't feel scared anymore. What is better advice here is he says, just be yourself, man. That's all anyone wants you to be. That is better advice than picture everyone in their underwear while you're giving your speech.
0: What does it mean to become a Jewish man? When I saw how nervous Brad was in that moment, I knew I had to make things right. I gotta go talk to Brad.
3: Uh uh-uh. uh. There's no way I'm letting you make a scene and embarrass. Excuse me. And there he goes.
0: And if it meant embarrassing myself down here to keep Brad from embarrassing himself up there, then that's a price I was willing to pay. Oh,
2: oh, that was an open toe shoe. I'm sorry. Sorry again. Hey, Brad. Over here. What are you doing? You can't be up here. Well, I remember something that my dad said about getting stage fright before a big show. Just picture everybody's in their underwear. Once they all look crazy, you won't feel so scared. Just be yourself, man. That's all everyone here wants you to be.
1: And the rabbi says, it's time for our bar mitzvah boy. Yeah, Brad goes up there and he starts reciting what he wrote on the cards. He says, for my bar mitzvah, I st- studied the, what do you say, rabbi text that says that everyone is given three names. Oh, he says that explains that everyone is given three names. Brad says the first name is given to you by your parents. And in this case, my name is, my parents gave me is Baruch, my Hebrew name. And then Brad goes on to say, this second name is given to you by your friends. For me, that name is Brad. And Brad says, and the third is the most important name. That is the name you give yourself. This is a good speech. Yeah. And Brad says, you know, and the third one, that's the one I was stuck on because I had to really think about who I am, who I, yeah. yeah he says, I had to really think about who I was. And he goes on, you know, separate from who people wanted me to be or who people were forcing me to be. Seems like a lot like kind of what Dean was saying when he says, I just feel different all the time. And Brad says, you know, being Jewish in Montgomery means feeling different all the time. So, you know, Brad says, I spend a lot of that time feeling embarrassed about being Jewish. And Brad says, but I don't want to feel that way anymore. I love that he is open and he is honest and as he's giving the speech. And Brad says, and from now on, I'm not just going to stand by while people make fun of me or try to make me feel bad. Brad continues, no, instead I'm going to stand up for myself and for my people. And for what I believe is right. And Brad says, no, I may not know what my third name is yet, but I do know who I am. This is an amazing speech. Brad says, a proud Jew from Alabama. Yes! You hear people laughing. like, Oh, yeah, yeah. And Brad says, thank you and Shabbat Shalom. So there was no singing involved that we saw as far as him singing. I thought he said he had to sing the Torah or talk about the speech that an old read about the speech where a man is giving advice to his three sons on his deathbed, which we don't get any of that. And Dean, you know, along with everyone, claps and says, it was in that moment that I started seeing Brad in a new light." Oh, my gosh. I remember the advice that Dean gave him. And we all know that 12-year-old boys can get, you know, they can get problematic down there. Uh, My guess is when he comes from under that, uh, behind that uh, podium, Yeah, he's going to have an unlikely visit. Oh, my goodness. And Dean, you know, don't need, Dean says, up until that point, I could make, you know, name all the things that made us different. But after Brad's speech, Dean says, it was clear we had more in common than I realized. Oh, my gosh, he probably does. I bet I'm right with this on the... Teen Boner, I swear. Corey shouts, lie him. And, <laughs> uh, and, yeah, just, uh, you know, Dean talking about those things that, you know, make us closer. And our friendship that much stronger. Even to this day. Yes, yeah, so he and Brad, you know, still friends after all those years. Brad later confided in Dean that he did take Dean's advice and pictured everyone in their underwear. Oh, he's... I swear, I bet anything that's the thing. Uh huh. Yeah, you know who he was picturing in her underwear. Kim. Of course, it figures. Cause he grabbed the Torah and he's kinda hiding it in his, you know, kinda hiding his, uh, midsection there. It's like, uh, yeah, we all know. Did I call that one or what?
2: From my bar mitzvah, I studied a rabbinic text that explains that every person is given three names. The first is the name given to you by your parents. For me, that was Baruch, my Hebrew name. The second is the name given to you by your friends. For me, that was Brad. But the third is the most important name. It's the name you give yourself. That was that third, and I was stuck on. I had to really think about who I was separate from who people wanted me to be or who people were forcing me to be. Being Jewish in Montgomery means feeling different all the time. I spent a lot of that time feeling embarrassed about being Jewish, but I don't want to feel that way anymore. So from now on, I'm not just going to stand by while people make fun of me or try to make me feel bad. Instead, I'm going to stand up for myself, for my people, for what i believe is right now i may not know what my third name is yet but i do know who i am a proud jew from alabama
0: yes
2: thank you and (laughs) shabbat
0: it was in that moment that i started seeing brad in the new light up until that point I could name all the things that made us different, but after Brad's speech, it was clear we had way more in common than I'd ever realized. And it was those similarities that made us that much closer, and our friendship that much stronger, even to this day. Brad later confided in me that he did take my advice and pictured everyone in their underwear. Unfortunately, that also included my sister. (laughs) Poor Brad. He needed a moment to compose himself afterwards.
1: No, no, no. Yeah. All right, now let's get to the party. Oh, Kim, dancing with Brad. <laughs> He's so happy and Kim just feels so awkward. You see it on her face like, I oh, don't know what I know, no, see her dancing with this kid. And yeah, Dean says, you know, now that I made things right with Brad, now I need to stand up for myself. It's like, yes, you do. Dean says, like I should have done when Charlene made me watch that stupid Lawrence Welk show. Or read that dumb Archie comic. Yeah, that's not what Dean's into. Or when she said, tab tastes just like Coke. Now, I might have had a tab growing up, but I haven't had one since. But I'm pretty sure it don't taste like Naya Coke. I mean, that to me that's like saying, like... Coke and Pepsi taste the same. No, they don't. I don't know who in their right mind would say that, but they have a distinct, separate taste. I mean, I will drink Diet Coke. I, I mean, excuse me, I will drink Diet Pepsi if there is n- no other thing there. I will drink it. But I prefer Diet Coke. Jeremy prefers, you know, diet, but he mainly drinks his Diet Mountain Dew, which is cool. I drink that too. But we're kind of like a divided, like, he will drink Diet Coke if there's nothing else. But it just, it's such, it's so interesting. It just feels like a divided household because I like Diet Coke products and he likes, you know, Pepsi and, you know, Diet Dew and stuff like that. And Dean's thinking, of something. no, Charlene, it doesn't. Dean goes right over there and talks to Charlene and says, look, me and Kisa are best friends, okay? That is not going to change. And I don't want it to end. So if you have a problem with that, that's your problem, not mine. I'm like, yes! Thank you, Dean! Finally standing up for yourself, manning up, putting on his big boy pants, and telling her how it's going to be. When Charlene's like how could you be so mean Dean and out of the night of our 26 day anniversary what in the what who's who counts like that oh my god you celebrate six months one year and then after that repeatedly it's a yearly thing you're not celebrating a month together or the another oh two months together oh 26 days like what no who does this nobody does this but kids that are too young to be in a relationship. Kim is sitting right next to her. Come on, Kim, you should say something. Well, she's probably, that's my, yeah, I'm not getting no, involved in children's squabbles. This is why 12-year-olds should not be dating. Yeah, Charlene gets up and walks away, and Kim's like, well, this is going to be an awkward ride home. She's probably going to call her mom or dad and say, come get me. We just, Dean and I just broke up. <laughs> She's sitting with uh, Brad's Aunt Ruth and her husband and they kind of look at her like uh-huh. Yeah, we hear you there, Kim. <laughs> Brad comes over and says Yeah, like, oh, I couldn't help notice your little situation here, buddy. Oh, is he going to offer Brad's going to offer some advice now, right? <laughs> I love how Brad's like You know, now that I'm a man Can I give you a little piece of advice? Yes, because he's 13 and he's a man. So, Brad's like One day when you're older, you'll look back on these big problems as just, they're not, they're not so bad. Like, they weren't, these problems that just seemed so big at the time. Both Dean and adult Dean at the same time say, shut up, Brad. Like, dude, it says bar mitzvah. Chill, man. Cause you're not, this is like around all his family and everything. It's like, ugh. Brad is holding that drink, which is clearly just ice and like soda or whatever. You think he were knocking back like, I don't know, some alcoholic drink of some kind. He's like, oh, I don't know. Well, the so dean is walking in the little reception area by the doors that lead to outside, and he's like, look. I know what I said to Charlene was a little harsh, but it was nice to finally say what I needed needed to say and stand up for him." It's like, yes, yeah, you should have been standing up for you. from the beginning and not let her walk all over you and dictate your relationship. He even says take control of things and stand up for myself. It's like yeah it's about time. It's a relationship's a two-way street and you deserve to also have your voice heard and have an opinion. And Dean's like, okay, i no, thinking now I just have one more thing to do. Oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Let me guess, Kisa was consoling Charlene, and is going to turn on Dean. Like, wh- why would you do that to her? Like, It's like girl power, un- girls unite or something against, yeah, ab- against Dean. She's like, hey, Kisa, I was just looking for you. And she's like, save it, Dean. Kisa, t- K- Kisa says, Charlene just told me how cruel you were to her. Well, I mean, yeah, the way he handled he it could have been, I mean, it's nicer. Like, just look, you didn't have to do it that, like, then at this get-together, this gathering. Because how's the, uh, yeah, now it's just going to be a bad memory. Yeah, so, Dean is all like, look, I was just trying to, and Kisa said, look, I need to be Charlene's friend right now, okay? Okay. And Dean can't believe it, like, what? And Kisa says, it's like when you stop being friends with me because Charlene asked you to, I need to be Charlene's friend now. She says, Charlene needs me right now, and I can't be friends with you while she hates you. Like, well, this just backfired, didn't it? I don't think there's going to be any right way for him to end the relationship without her. Yeah, it's always going to, girls are always going to be the gr- girls before guys or however you want clothes over bra- I don't know just whatever just yeah girls are always gonna side with girls over the guy but that case, was like but you understand that right Dean like yeah this is non-negotiable and I do feel you know a little sad for Charlene but a, a little because she's crying I mean Dean didn't have to you know do that then or in that harsh tone or anything like because she's still a girl she still has feelings Now it sounds like i'm flip-flopping well, apparently kisa according to dean is not finished punishing dean so yeah and the only thing that 12 year old girls need to have in common is, or is a common and en- to be friends is a common enemy great well yeah that backfired
0: Now that I'd made things right with them. Brad, I needed to stand up for myself, like I should have done when Charlene made me watch that stupid Lawrence Wells show, or read that dumb Archie comic, or when she said Tab tastes just like Coke. No, Charlene, it doesn't.
2: Charlene, me and Keith are our best friends, and I don't want that to end. So if you have a problem with that, then that's your problem, not mine. How could you be so mean, Dean? And on the night before our twenty-sixth anniversary.
3: Well, this is going to be an awkward ride, home.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't help but notice uh, a little situation here, buddy. Now that that I'm a man, can I give you a little piece of advice? One day when you're older, you look back at all these problems that seem so big, right? Shut up, Brad.
0: I know what I said to Charlene was harsh, but I have to admit it felt good to finally take control of things and stand up for myself. Now I just had one thing left to do.
3: Oh, Kisa, I was just looking. Save it, Dean. Charlene told me how cruel you were to her. Wait, I
2: I, I was only trying to just...
3: Look, I need to be Charlene's friend right now. What? It's like when you stopped being friends with me because Charlene asked you to. Well? Charlene needs me right now. And I can't be friends with you while she hates you? But you understand that. Right,
0: Dean? Clearly, Kisa wasn't finished punishing me for what I'd done to her earlier. Turns out all 12-year-old girls need in order to become lifelong friends is a common enemy. And that enemy was me.
1: Alright, so now it looks like we get to the part of the bar mitzvah party where Brad is in a chair and they're lifting him his family is lifting him up and everything. I'm not sure. I really I want to look up what that tradition is. Because, again, this is, you know, the things that took place at, at Brad's bar mitzvah, we really didn't see. I mean, we saw, like, the party, the dancing of Paul's bar mitzvah and everything like that. But we didn't see him being, you know, raised in a chair. Which I thought they also do that at weddings as, as well. Jewish weddings. I'm not sure. Have have a Nagala plays in the background, and we see um, Brad's guests and family and friends in a circle, you know, dancing in a circle around, while Brad is being lifted up in the chair. Yeah, we also see Kim, Charlene, and Corey there too. Aww, where's Dean? He's outside sulking, of course, I'm sure. See, and I don't understand why any of this just couldn't have waited. You know, this is Brad's day, and Dean is just... He's got to bring his girl problems to his friends' bar mitzvah party. Like, (sighs) Yeah, we see Dean sitting by himself. An adult Dean says how Dean standing up for himself resulted in him losing not only his girlfriend, but his best friend as well. You know how girls stick together. Especially when it comes with a guy that treats them wrong. And Dean says, Luckily, I was able to lean into the part of uh, Judaism that suited me perfectly in this moment. What? Sitting by yourself in a chair while everyone has fun? The suffering part. Oh, give me a break, Dean. Please. Dean takes a bite of It looks like it could be a biscuit or a pastry. And he says, hmm, maybe I did gain some perspective on Brad's cultural history. And Dean's watching Brad being lifted up in that chair and just realizing that standing up for yourself and owning who you are really elevates you in the long run. Adult Dean continues to narrate how, even though I lost so much that day, I gained something else, self-respect. Really? Well, I mean, he did tell Charlene, like, look, I'm not gonna be having you boss me around (laughs) anymore because I'm not about that. And Adult Dean narrates self-respect and if that doesn't make you a man, I don't know what does. See, well, the thing is, I understand his need to... Make things more clear with Charlene. Did it have to be a Brad's Bar Mitzvah? Did uh, you have to be kind of harsh? And I just, I mean, granted, Charlene looks like a girl who really wouldn't listen to reason. And she's going to come off like, oh, you're being so mean, you know, because she's a teenager and teenagers, you know, emotions are all over the place. So I honestly feel like any way that he would have said that. She would have come off to her as, oh, you're being mean, oh, you're being cruel. You didn't even honor our 26th day anniversary, you know, any of that. I mean.
0: <laughs> Standing up for myself resulted in me losing both my girlfriend and my best friend. Luckily, I was able to lean into the part of Judaism that suited me in that moment. The suffering part. Hmm, maybe I had gained a better understanding of Brad's cultural history. But watching Brad get lifted up on that chair, I realized that standing up for yourself and owning who you are can actually elevate you in the long run. Because even though I had lost so much that day, I gained something else. Self-respect. And if that doesn't make you a man, I don't know what does.
1: Alright, so that is the episode. I I thought it was good. I really did. I liked seeing, you know, how Brad's bar mitzvah differentiated from Paul's bar mitzvah. So, yeah, let's talk about the episode I'm going to be focusing on for next week. Of course, my wonderling words of wisdom for this particular episode is... If you're going, if you're gonna stand up for yourself, in the case of what Dean was doing, don't do it at a public event, especially if it's for a friend. Like I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna stand up for myself. Like yeah, but this could have waited a a day. It, you didn't have to make it so public. And if he really knew how twelve year old girls think, it's like. The only way she's going to take this, what you're saying to her, is going to be... She's going to come off... You're going to come off looking harsh no matter how gentle you say this. Because you're a guy and any form of breaking up... I mean, a girl's going to say, like, Oh, why are you so mean? Why are you so harsh to me? You didn't have to be that cruel. So I'm looking at... I'm with the band for next week. This is season 1 episode 12, which aired January 19th, 2022. In this episode, when Dean loses his position at or as first chair saxophone in the school band, Bill lays the pressure on him to earn it back, especially since he loses his position for first as first chair to a white boy saxophone player. Yeah. So, You can imagine the pressure that Bill is putting on Dean. So, yeah. We'll be covering that episode next week, and then the week after it will be Season 1, Episode 13, The Valentine's Day Dance. We'll see how well this goes over. (laughs) There are only... Whoever is doing this... IMDb page really needs to step it up because there are only three people listed and they're not the main cast. Usually with the episodes, we have the main cast listed and then the guest stars after. And it's like, come on, whoever's working at IMDb. Let's get get it going here. What's going on? (laughs) I mean, because if you think about it, after episode 13, the Valentine's Day dance, there are (laughs) 14 through 22. So we got how many episodes left this season? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. My guess is with nine episodes left and it's February, I can imagine. Especially if they stretch it out till May, there is going to be a lot of breaks in between these episodes. I can tell you that. I a hundred percent bet. So. Alright, so as I promised, I did want to play some scenes from the OG Wonder Years birthday boy episode to kind of uh, compare different bar mitzvah related storylines. So the first clip here, or the next clip I should say that I'm going to play is when Kevin is over at Paul's house for dinner. We do get to meet his grandfather, and then hear about the grandfather's bar mitzvah, and how he got a chicken, and the passing on of the prayer book to Paul, and all this. It's just really, we, and we officially really get to meet the Pfeiffer family. We haven't really, you know, if you're watching a, along with the Wonder Years, and you're in season two, you never, you've, you've met Paul multiple times, but... As far as his family goes, you really haven't seen them. And this is really, honestly, the only episode other than this one, Pfeiffer's Fortune, and Season 5's The Lake, that really focus on the Pfeiffer family as a whole.
6: Kevin, I made it especially for you.
5: That's right. That's why it's called Chicken Kevin. (laughs) Dinner at the Pfeiffer's. It was always an experience. Okay, Kevin. What's that say? Alvin Pfeiffer, optometrist. I think I was the only person he knew with 20-20 vision. He loved me. Catch up. Incredible. <laughs> what a kid, huh? What a kid.
2: I'll huh? leave him alone, he's oh. eating. Some more potatoes, Kevin?
5: Ida Pfeiffer, mom extraordinaire. <laughs> I think I was the only person she knew who really liked her scalloped potatoes. She loved me.
6: Debbie, don't slouch. And get your elbows off the table, please. I just put that down fresh.
5: Debbie Pfeiffer, Paul's little sister. The only girl I ever knew to whom I was her concept of the ideal male form.
7: She really loved me. (laughs) Uh,
2: (coughs) Great chicken, Mrs. Pfeiffer.
7: Chicken? That reminds me of a story.
5: And Grandpa Pfeiffer. He had a thousand stories, and I was the only person who hadn't heard them all a thousand times. And so, of course... Kevin,
7: when I was your age he loved me like my grandson to your right i too had a bar mitzvah cousin Heshi, cousin Moisha, and myself and we were very poor so all these fancy schmancy gifts that you kids get today they weren't around so do you know what i got for my bar mitzvah i had present the manhood
4: a chicken that's right
7: a chicken Doesn't sound like much, but in those days it was like gold. So I took this chicken and I put him on some hay outside the shoe, And I start in on my baruchas. I was very, very nervous, let me tell you. Sweat pouring from every part of my body. I was standing up there doing my thing. In walks the chicken right in front of the beamer. Sits down starts to cluck and out pops an egg.
2: (laughs) You must have been really mad. Mad?
7: No, no, no. I had no right to be mad. It was my bar mitzvah gift and as my father always said,
1: never Never look a gift chicken in the mouth. My family is so weird.
7: (laughs) Oh, this is a great occasion. My family is here. My grandson's is here. So, Paul, tell me.
3: Yeah?
7: You studied hard? Yeah. You know what your prayers?
3: Mm Mm-hmm.
7: Then I have something for you. I wondered what it would be. Money? Stock options? His own car? The prayer book that I used to deliver my Baruchas on that fateful night of the chicken. My grandfather gave it to me. And tonight, I wish to give it to you. Wow. Pop, he'll get
6: stains all over it. Can't this wait until we clear the table, at least?
7: No, it cannot. My grandson. You are on the verge of becoming a man. You are about to inherit the love, the joy, the bitterness of our people, the tradition. From my grandfather to my father, to me, to my son, and now to you.
1: Mitzvah we focused more on Dean and then towards the end of the episode even though the episode is called Brad's Brad Mitzvah you only really focus on Brad towards the very end of the episode because it's you know all about Dean which is understandable I like that we got to meet Paul's family and his grandfather and everything and They, you know, his traditions with, you know, studying for his bar mitzvah and the passing down of the prayer book and everything. And the thing is, I just, I was really hoping before I'd watched Brad mitzvah, I really, really hoped that we would have had a chance to meet Brad's parents. And we didn't. I get it, it costs money to, you know, hire people even just for an episode. Are we, have we met Brad's parents yet? Or even seen them, like, at all? Maybe, were they in the pilot episode? When Brad's team and Dean's and Corey's team were playing each other for baseball? I, I honestly cannot remember. Of course, the next scene I want to play is where Paul... Gives Kevin an invitation to his bar mitzvah, and Kevin realizes that the date that the, Paul's bar mitzvah lands on is Kevin's birthday, and he gets he gets irritated. Like, hey, look, I'm sorry, I, I'm because apparently it's supposed to be the first Saturday after you turn thirteen, according to Paul. That's when the, how it is. It's tradition. You know, I, I I'd move it if uh, for, uh, a week if I could, but. It's tradition, the invitations have already been sent out, all of that stuff, so. like uh, And Kevin just, he's angry, it's like, well, I just, I don't think I'm going to be able to be there, you know, it's my birthday and my family's got this whole thing planned and everything, and Paul's heart literally just breaks in that moment, like, you're not even going to be able to come for the ceremony? It's like, dude, he's your best friend and everything like that. I mean, it's not like you can't do both can have your little get-together, and then you can go to Paul's, you know, bar mitzvah. And then, the next weekend, you and Paul can do something together, just the two of you, to celebrate you both being 13.
2: thing, you wouldn't believe it. I'm inviting Stanley McClowski, Jody Harden, and Christine Capone, and I'm going to make sure the band oh. plays plenty of slow songs. <laughs> Please share our joy, as our son, Paul Joshua, is called to the Torah on Saturday, March 8th. Wait a minute. It's on the 18th? Well, yeah, I thought you knew that. Yeah, but... That's my birthday. Yeah, I know, but you—you didn't (laughs) tell me it was on the eighteenth. Yes, I did. It's supposed to be on the first Saturday after I turned thirteen. I told you that. Yeah, but look, he's looking at a calendar. I didn't realize. I didn't pick for it to be on that day or anything. It's just—that's what it's supposed to be. I I know. I mean, (laughs) I'd change it if I could, but I—you know—it's like really important. It's like—it's like tradition.
1: (laughs) It is. You can't break tradition.
2: You're not mad, are you? no, I'm not mad. It's just... I'm not going to be able to come us all. You're not? Well, no. I mean, my parents have this whole big, huge thing planned for my birthday. They do. Not even for the ceremony? Well, Paul, I can't help it if you're having a stupid bar mitzvah on my birthday. I mean, I'm really sorry to tell you this, The center
1: of the whole stupid world. Ouch. Well, neither are you, Kevin, even though the show revolves around you. Happy birthday to me. I mean, I could see that being kind of a a lot, you know, pausing. No, I told you it was the first Saturday after I turned 13. And I'm thinking, well, I honestly don't think that, um,. A kid can be expected like, well, here, let me see. He said it's a Saturday. Oh, that's my birthday. I don't know how that's going to work. Yeah, you can't expect me to go look at the calendar. Like I told you, Kevin, it was a week after I turned 13. So the following Saturday. It's like, hey <laughs> But, and, and Kevin is kind of harsh. Like, well, I'm just, it's time my fault my birthday lands on the day of your stupid barbara. He did not have to call it stupid. I get he's P.O.'d. I get it he's pissed. But, ugh. And just, I mean, if you think about it, we don't see Paul with any other friends than Kevin. He may have other friends outside of Kevin. We just never see them. But Kevin and Paul, they're best buddies. They are best buddies. And you just, in that moment where Paul is. You're not even going to come for the ceremony? It's like, that boy's heart is breaking. Like, that is his best buddy. He has supported Kevin through all of his dang Winnie drama. And the idea of, like, his friend being there to support him. You know, not just, you know, Paul's family and stuff, but his best friend. Like, that is really, really important to him. So now that Kevin is not talking to Paul, he would rather help Jack with the car issues... And Norma keeps coming out like, Paul called again, and he's on the phone like right now. And Kevin's like, No, I don't want to talk to him. I'm helping dad. And then Kevin, here's a word of advice, kids don't try to talk to your parents when they're working on something, because clearly they're distracted, and you're only going to get like half answers. Or answers that you're not going to be happy with. They're just going to agree with whatever you say because they're not even thinking about what's flying out of your mouth. So, yeah. And and Kevin's like, oh, it's, can you believe, Paul, I mean, we're not really talking right now. And, uh, yeah, this, this bar mitzvah thing, it's all, this is a dumb ceremony about, like, him becoming a man. Like, really? He's 13 and he's becoming a man. Can you believe it? It's pretty dumb, huh? And Jack's like, oh, yeah, yeah, pretty dumb, uh-huh. He's not even paying attention, because if he were and hearing that from Kevin, it's like, I don't know. Oh, yeah, let's see how Kevin's birthday goes, even though we're talking about Paul. Happy birthday, dear Kevin. the only birthday he has on the show. Shut up, Wayne. Oh, yeah. No, do don't the see a birthday I'm sure. the Big one, three.
5: Could it get any sweeter than this?
3: Darn, your dad wanted to have the car back in time for the party, so we could all go for a ride after.
5: Yep. Paul gets a band and a thousand bucks, and I get a ride in an Impala with a new fuel pump.
6: Well, why don't we just start? He'll be along. Here, open my purse.
1: Oh, well, pretty light. <laughs> it's a sheet of so paper.
6: Here, i
1: out loud. <laughs> Oh god.
6: It's called Pain of Youth.
1: Oh god. Pain of good. Youth.
2: All its slings and arrows stands breathless facing time. edging its way to the rim of the nest.
6: He is pushed, left to fall.
1: <laughs> even fall. It.
6: Fall to the earth and break. Writhing in pain. <laughs>
2: Oops, that's my ride. I
3: gotta
1: go. Happy birthday, Kev. you we'll read the rest of it later.
3: <laughs> Why'd you open the rest of your presents?
5: Yeah, presents.
1: <clears throat> what did Who Wayne a
5: right of passage? a Wayne. Who fun? needed a father's support? I had.
2: A turtleneck. <sighs> a Bathrobe. A wallet.
5: And finally.
3: the thesaurus. Well, I just thought when you were writing a term paper or something, He's and you wanted to say something as good, is good, for example, well, then you just turn paper. it good, and you can say considerate, unblemished,
5: or pure. Any synonyms for extremely disappointed in there?
1: Get back to Kevin's gotten a turtleneck. He's has this really thin material bathrobe that just... <laughs> ain't going to keep you warm when you're... uh on a cold winter night although they're in California. Um no, when I think bathrobes, I think thick, heavy, draped on material that is like weighing down your body. Yeah. So, um yeah, he's just lying on his bed he's got a wallet, he's got a thesaurus and Norma's like, "Oh yeah, you know when you do turn papers?" <clears> turn <throat> papers. They do that in junior high? They do that in high school? When I think term papers, I think maybe they do do it in high school. I don't know. But I can't see them calling any type of paper a term paper in junior high. And most people say like, oh, I gotta do a paper on blah, blah, blah. They They're not like, well, I gotta do a term paper on blah, blah, blah. So Kevin is just like, ugh, some birthday hiss really bites. So he's filling out his in case of an emergency card that goes in the wallet. I don't think, as a, I'm sure I probably got those in wallets I've had in the past. And you just fill out your name, address, um, who to contact in case something happens to you. That's something that sounds like every great once in a while should probably be updated just in case, you know, if the person you're using, like, passes away or you have a falling out or, hey, I have a spouse now, I'll put their name down instead. Yeah. So Kevin decides, like, to go to Paul's apartment. See, you could do both. You could... And maybe that's why the whole thing with, you know, Norma's like, oh, your dad was going to be back with the car. We were all going to go to Dairy Queen or something like that. So, yeah. I love this Is this... I think it's by Simon Garfunkel. Is, like, the bookends? Is it bookends? Is that the song? It's a gorgeous instrumental song that eventually, towards the end, the, like, halfway point of the song, the lyrics... Popping, it's just it's gorgeous, and I love it. But real quick, Karen's poem. Oh my goodness, only she would come up with something so morbid and dark about a baby bird falling out of a nest and breaking its wings on the ground. Ugh, pain of youth. I God, I don't know. What I'd be be able to get through listening to that without with a straight face. I really. <laughs> uh, are you serious right now, Karen? This is your gift. You couldn't have come up with something a little lighthearted. You know I'm turning 13. Uh, but like I said, should we, what did Wayne give Kevin? Did he even give him? Karen gave him something? Are siblings expected to give their siblings' gifts on their birthday? or is it just mainly the parents and like you know friends and relatives? Just trying to, I mean, I never, I had two birthday parties that I can recall. When I say parties, I mean it was just like, because I lived in the country, neighborhood kids, you know, a couple, and some cousins came over and stuff. We had like a little party in the the garage. But that, you know, and, and after that, when I was living with my aunt and uncle, it's like we just had parties around. The kitchen table with a cake, and then you have, you know, your ice cream. The adults would have coffee after, and you'd open your gifts, they'd take pictures, that kind of thing. of an emergency when you normally just put like your parents names down and then you become an adult and get married you put your spouse's name <clears throat> or your, your kids names if you when you're in your like 70s 80s well I'm gonna fill out in case of an emergency oh city age 13 of course you don't, you don't see my like city or street
7: yeah don't have a mitzvah, maftir hazaak.
2: Bar hu et adonai hamvorah. do oh, adonai no 10
1: you made it.
2: za Share a kha malek ba dag ba teghami mitraye ashara khar kha ba dag fa yezan hev ba kohane
1: khoshali i got love in my wow and i'm just thinking of when Brad had mentioned how he would have to, you know, he was really nervous. Like, he had to do a speech about this a father giving uh, advice to his son, three sons on his deathbed. And then he also, I swear he did mention singing the Torah. I'm guessing, is that what Paul is doing here? And the fact that he is, to, I mean, this kid is reading, I don't, he may even just be going down the, um, the Torah sheet. Or how, however, that is done and everything. So, but it just it kind of made me think of like uh, when I would go to, you know, church and how the pastor would or however you want to say it would recite from the Bible and then the churchgoers would repeat back to them. And everything like that, because you know Paul is is singing, and then also the audience is responding to that. So now we're getting to <laughs> the party and the band, and it's just a bunch of old, older men, like older, like elderly, sixty-something year olds. We don't see sixty-year-olds like we saw them back in like the six. Like it just seemed like. They seemed, look, like, looked older than 60 would be now. It's just, I don't know what it is. <laughs> <Thank you>. here's, <laughs> here's the band Paul was so excited about.
5: And so it turned out to be a great birthday after all. I slow danced with Paul's Aunt Selma. I ate more than Mrs. Pfeiffer could have dreamed possible. And in a funny way, when I look back on it, I sort of feel like it was my bar mitzvah too.
1: just it's funny because you know it's sweet Paul's hugging his grandpa and then he goes over to Kevin like oh I'll be right back and Paul's like yeah I mean I was kind of a jerk up there and Kevin's like no you were good and I like that Kevin does apologize for being like like sorry so late and and <laughs> Kevin of course is like yeah I mean you were good I mean you had that thing hanging out of your nose but and Paul's like oh you you butthead! <laughs> it's they're cool, man. They're they're cool. They're back together. They're thick and thin. I tell you, I tell you. Um, so they were doing the uh, having a gata around you know, in a circle, but Paul wasn't being lifted up into a chair. I I'm gonna look that up real quick because I want to know kind of what that represents. <clears throat> so this is pretty much just a quick answer why do they put chairs at bar mitzvah parties it also isn't just a wedding thing anymore okay so it did used to be a wedding thing with the husband and wife being in the chair and I guess they're holding like a handkerchief between them um it says the chair thing is often done for a bar mitzvah or a bat mitzvah which is for the girl it is a way for the guests to express their joy about the person being celebrated Alright, so I hope you enjoyed the episode. I definitely enjoyed covering this episode and I will be back next week with I'm with the band. If you want to email the podcast, you can do so at lbom, Years Podcast at gmail.com If you're enjoying the podcast and you want to show support for the podcast, go to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or on your podcast app and Type in the Wonder Years, the Looking Back at My Wonder Years podcast will pop up. Scroll down to where it says leave a review and leave a review. All five-star reviews do help the podcast get noticed by other OG Wonder Years fans and new Wonder Years fans like yourselves. So have a great, safe week if you are in any way being impacted by this upcoming winter storm like I am down here in Texas. We're all just trying to get through this now. Um, We're just... All you can do is really have your faucet stripping, have your, you know, cabinet doors, you know, your under the sinks open for your pipes to get some, you know, warmth on them just so they don't freeze. I am just... I am praying every single night. It's just, I want to get through this. I want to get through this. I, I don't want to repeat them last year. Um, I just, I want to get to spring at this point. I just, I want to get to spring. So again, guys, just be safe. If you, I'm going to say this, this was told to me yesterday at my job. No job is worth risking your life. I will say this again. No job is worth risking your life to get there. So if you call off, if you feel like I'm not attempting this, call off. Don't feel guilty about doing it because your safety matters more than any job ever will. That is 100% the truth. So, all right. Bye-bye, everybody.